I got the wreath and I also got like, I have a collection of bottle brush trees. You know those. No, look at what I'm looking at right now. (laughs) Online, I am looking at my, because can I tell you what happened? Let me just, I just want to give you guys a a helpful hint and I don't know how the fuck you managed to have this happen, but you know what did not do great? In the move across country. Your bottle brush trees. No, not great, Casey. Oh, not fucking no. great. So I was just looking online to buy new bottle brush trees for my tableaus that I your, need to make. Your important tableaus. I have important tableaus that need to be made. <laughs> a real shit show. <laughs> oh no, what's happening already? Well, first of all, it's one o'clock yes. here in New York City. I've, I wasted approximately three hours of my life today uh, because Taylor Swift tickets went on sale. I document it was well, it's been well documented in my stories, but just to give you a little, a little taste of it, got, you know, I've done this before. I did it for Harry Styles tickets too, where I didn't even get approved for the pre-sale. Right. You know? Right. They only give the pre-sale to a certain number of people, whatever. Yeah. I but got the pre-sale with my like special code. Mark also got it. Okay. Which is amazing. Right. We go in at the time, like it's like nine. Well, like 9.15, we like, or whatever it was, we logged in through the link, like through the, we did the, followed the directions we had to the T. You did everything right. And then it shows you and it's like this little bar and it has like a little carrot going down, not a carrot, but you know what I mean? Like a little ball going. Like a progress bar? Progress bar, exactly. Mark was being ridiculous. And he was like, you know, it'd be funny if they made it like Taylor Swift, like walking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad he was having fun. (laughs) Through her different eras. Yeah. Um, My little progress bar actually was like, I don't know how that works once you get into the queue. So you're in the waiting room, right? And then it like goes and asks you if you want to join the queue, you join the queue. And then it tells you, we both got you, you, there are 2,000 plus people ahead of you, okay? Right, right. We're like, bummer. I was staying positive, however. And my little, my little bar just like kept moving. And next thing you know, I made it in. It was so exciting. I was in there. I saw yeah. the tickets. I saw what was available. I saw how to do it. And I go and I put in my little special code and it doesn't work. No. Casey, for an over an hour, nothing happened. People online are like, I don't even know. I mean, Ticketmaster sucks. They've always sucked. Pearl Jam tried to take them down. They right. couldn't do it. Why the fuck do they have this stronghold on ticket sales? Because the truth is, there are already so many on eBay for like seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, we were looking at that this morning. So stupid. And so yeah, my code just kept not working, kept not working, kept not working. I had I took a call, like I had to get on a call 
Oh, no. At 11? Yeah. The tickets opened at 10. I got in probably, I want to say I got in maybe around 1030. Yeah. Code's not working. Everyone online is like, there's all different things that people were saying on Twitter. Some people, most people were saying their codes weren't working as well. Right. Some people were saying that Ticketmaster didn't program the codes that they sent out to people properly, which seems literally insane. Other people were saying that the site was like just actually crashing. And so they were pausing the sales or something. Right. But then after legit an hour and a half of just like continuing to try, continuing to try, continuing to try, my page just refreshed and kicked me out. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. This makes my uh, discount code for a Pendleton sweater not working. Pale in comparison. Pales in comparison. I really wanted that Pendleton sweater and my 25% off code wouldn't work, but well, that but it didn't take something. me it didn't take me 3 hours to find that out, you know? No. Also, I bet you you could probably call someone at That's Pendleton. what they said. They said call us. Which and I was like just- yeah. That seems so old-fashioned, but I guess I'm going to do it. But now you're talking about this. First of all, all of this, like the little progress bar like you were talking about in the codes and everything, makes me think that this is all just a psychological experiment. You oh, know what I mean? I A hundred percent. And let me tell you something about that. I have failed. <laughs> you failed it. Well, first of all, like, I just want to say people on my Instagram stories are like, oh, like a few people were like, oh, makes me so happy to see you and Mark like doing this thing together for your kids. Because we were like, tr- like literally trying to like figure it out yeah. together, make sure we were doing the right thing, whatever. Yeah. As soon as it went south, we were screaming at each other <laughs> so insanely. <gasps> like, like th- this is where I, we, it's not like, Truly, it's not like this is why we're getting divorced, but it was it was actually comical. And it was we, like you're still married. It was like we were still married. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but we were just like, I was just like, what the fuck, Mark? I'm doing it. I did everything right. Like, and he's like, what did you do? Like, we're just like, it was like devolved within two and a half seconds. Like, uh, it was wh- 100%. It's like trying to put uh, toys together on Christmas Eve or whatever. It's like, it's never a good scene, no matter. No also, matter. It's just like, also, it's like, here's, I said this to a friend of mine on, over text. I'm like, I realize, like, I probably have other strings to pull yeah. in, this, in this game, in this Taylor Swift ticket game. Do you know what I mean? Like, I will, I have agents, I've got people in the entertainment industry, I have friends, I've yeah. got ways of circumventing this system. Imagine, and but, and yet, and by the way, my kids still wanted, like, the, like if we could get it, like, one of the VIP experiences, because they get, like, special things, I don't know, like a lanyard for your fucking, I don't know what they get, but whatever right. it is, you know what I mean? Right. And... And wanted to be, like, in that special section with the fans. And I thought, of course, like, I want to do that. Like, that makes the most sense. Also, Bernie's best friend's mom didn't get the code. So I was, like, really felt the pressure that I was doing it for both of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, I know a lot of people that didn't even get the code. Oh, I know. I, we were, the fact that both of us got it was wild. Yeah. And we were like the only people in Birdie's circle. No, she has one other friend that got it, but they everybody else. Yeah, but everyone else didn't get it. I'm curious to see if her friend ended up getting tickets. But anyway, I have like other ways to to beat the the system, you know, here. And, right. and I and probably won't have to spend 17,000, not that I would. But you know what I mean? Like, but think about all the parents that just like are just it sucks. Like the system sucks. Yeah. Think about it, parents that don't have connections to the entertainment industry. Like right. sitting there wasting fucking three hours hope hoping to get the best Christmas present of all time for your kid. And then you're just stuck there and your codes don't work. Like all of these people's codes didn't work. I don't know anyone whose code worked except for the people who reposted them immediately on eBay. Right. Or whatever. Second, that's no, not eBay. Whatever it is. Seems, that they, oh, StubHub. Step up. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just oh. mad about it. Like, I'm mad. That's frustrating. That's so frustrating. Remember when, like, are you too young for this? Like, you no, had to go is, to, like, a I, record no, we store to get We tickets? talked about it. Mark and I talked about it on... Casey, you really got to watch my Instagram stories. No, I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. But we did. We talked about it on Instagram stories. Mark and I talked about... You would go to, like, well... Strawberries like, in Massachusetts. Oh, we would go to Dillard's. Store. Well, we okay. would go to Dillard's in like the gift wrap section. Yes, yes. We had a fancy store like that too. Or that was like a department store. Yeah. And then in LA, Diana De Los Rios and I went to Tower Records and waited in line. This is in 2001. This is not that. I mean, it is a long time ago. But um, and waited for Madonna tickets and oh the guy behind the... And you were like... The thing is, you're at the mercy of the guy behind the counter. Yeah, like, and how and, fast he goes. gal behind, and how fast they're able to, like, navigate the system. Yeah. And Diana and I were watching this guy, and he was, like, terrible. And we're, like, we were, like, kicking ourselves for going to that Tower Records. And, right. And, like, we were getting so upset. And then we got the shittiest tickets of all time. Like, we got tickets, but they were... This is for the Madonna, um, what was the name of that tour in 2001? It was like, don't tell me to stop, tell the rain not to burn, burn, burn. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know that, that song, that but album, I don't know. I don't but like know where which... she like had the cowboy yes. hat on. Yes. Shit, that was a good fucking song. <laughs> and now I want that song. Anyway, then... For some reason, it was at Staples Center. And Staples Center, I feel like, was kind of new. But I don't know if it was or if it just made that up. Yeah. Um, the day of the show, literally a day before, two days before September 11th. It was like September 9th, I think we went. Yeah. We either went September 9th or September 10th because I left. I was supposed to leave to go back to Wilmington for Dawson's Creek on the 11th, um, I had heard, I don't even know where I heard this, that if you went up to the box office at the Staples Center, like right before the show and asked if you could like turn in your tickets and get better ones. Oh my God. That sometimes they have seats or whatever. And we literally got like 
fifth row. Oh my God. I know. See, it was these are the kind of miracles that could happen in the like I think the eighties through the early two yes. thousands. Yes. I agree. You, you could win a radio contest. Ugh. Leanne won so many radio contests. I'm sure because she's like a human. Ray computer. of light. Was it the Ray of Light tour? Oh, maybe. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't. Because that's Ray of Light is ninety-eight. Hmm. What is it? I'm going to figure it out, guys. I'm going <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I never went to a concert until I was a grown-up, really. I went. Well, that's not true. I went to see Brian Adams and the Hooters. My mom got me tickets one time when I was in high school. Uh, and, you know, fun fact, Matt was at the same concert the same night, but we never met until years later. That is Weird. a fun fact. And it's music, also like, you guys. It was music. Oh, the music tour. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But yeah, that's really the only concert I ever went to other than like an outdoor festival that like my parents were attending or something. Um, so I never won a radio contest. I never lined up for tickets at the record store. I never slept out for tickets. But it seems like that was a better we system. Didn't, we didn't sleep out. Like, I remember, I don't remember any, I don't remember people sleeping out for tickets, but I guess they did. Yeah. I I mean, people definitely did. The only, (laughs) when I was like, I guess 11, my friend's dad won Purple Rain tickets to see Prince on the Purple Rain tour. And me and my friend and our other friend, were like all huge Prince fans together and there were only two tickets. And I just remember that time of being like, who's she going to bring? Who's she going to bring? Who's she going to bring? And then her dad was like, P.S. Like I had to sell those tickets. Someone offered me several hundred dollars for them. So I sold them and we were like, it was probably for the best. I mean, tragic. That's tragic. It could have unfolded tragically for me in one of two ways. So that's probably the best tragic outcome of the one of two ways. It's tragic. Because to have my friend bring our other friend would have been that. I mean, I don't know that we would have come back from that friend wise, you know? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. Are you know. still friends so, today? Not really. Well, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> I talked to, well, I talked to actually the other friend that was in competition for the ticket. And I talked to the little sister of the friend. Who interesting? Who briefly had the tickets before her dad sold them, but um, I don't really talk to that friend so much anymore. So you know, hmm. interesting. But I'm sorry about Taylor. I hope that something. Listen, I'm. It's going to work out. Like I feel like it'll all be okay. But I just am more mad at the system. You're you're mad at the system. I'm mad at the system because you know what? You know what I wish. What? <laughs> now I'm just going to get like esoteric. Like, I really had hope. That <laughs> it's just and be I, easy like, breezy? I, no, I just wish I didn't even have the hope. You know what I mean? Like, right. why give me the hope? That's why I, I agree with you that it feels a little bit like it was a, some sort of psychological experiment, like, the Stanford prison experiment or something like, like, 
because I got so excited and I was yeah. like, this is, it's all going to happen. And I'm, it's, I'm doing it. I'm in, I'm going to be the hero mom. And then just denied <laughs> so hard. And also like in such a bizarre, like just your code doesn't work. Sorry. But yeah. you sent me the code. What do you mean? It doesn't work. Right. Listen, I know it doesn't help at all, but you wishing to be the hero mom mere weeks after you got your child to meet Harry Styles. All right. Okay. Fair enough. I know. I I'm know. just I'm just saying. I'm not saying that it's on, never enough. It is I, never enough. Right. I'm saying that that memory will probably not even be in your child's head. When, if and when you were to say we couldn't get Taylor Swift tickets, but you did that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You did do that. I've had some wins. I've had had some wins. A lot of great mom moments, a lot of great, which you achieved through grit and determination. That's true. And and some might say humiliation. (laughs) So I'm, and I'm sure you'll humiliate yourself for this. If you have to. You know I will. <laughs> and you know what? And you know what else? Birdie knows I will. <laughs> Maybe it's time oh. for the little bird to start humiliating themselves for tickets. Is it too soon? Is it too soon? No. I think that Birdie, I mean, listen, Birdie waited in line to get those front or That's the whatever, right. the what you call it? What's my call it? What you call it? The, the it wasn't like front row. It was whatever, like front wrist, of the pit. I don't know. Yeah, wristband, yeah. special access. I don't Ugh. know. It's really hard though. I mean, Taylor's massively popular. Good, good for her. Bad for people with codes. It's not, but it's not that. It's not even that. Like part of what is so upsetting is just that the secondary market. You know, yeah. like that's what is such a bummer. Like, and that's what Pearl Jam's issue always was, right? And they, I guess they didn't even, they never won. But like, it feels like Taylor's big enough. It feels like if like four of these artists just banded together and were like, no, we're going to start our own system. And it's like for our fans, right? period. But here it is now. Um, Katie Hobbs is the governor of Arizona. That's good news. That's great news. It's better everybody, than good. Everybody it's is, great news. It's everybody's great news. code worked in that case. Their metaphorical code, which is voting. You know what's just the fucking greatest irony of all? It looks like the House seats that we're going to lose are New York and California. So fuck everyone who's like, and it doesn't even matter. And then California, New York, and it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Fuck you guys. That's right. (laughs) I said it. And if you're one of those people, fuck you. Because it does. It's important and strategy is important. And it could have literally changed everything. Yeah. And as it stands, it's going to be another like gridlock. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. But yeah, it's it's like as we discussed so many times before, like Win or lose, the fight never fucking stops. And when it's close between winning and losing, but you, you know, when you win, you can't sleep. 
when you lose, you definitely have to be ready to fight to get it back. Yeah, so the fight never ends. Fight never ends. But people could retire. People could get other jobs. You know, it, I mean, I'm going to remain hopeful. The house, the house is always in play either way. So the house is in play. And also, I don't know. I read Elizabeth Warren's like op-ed thing. Yeah. Did you read that? I didn't I, read it. Oh, uh, she just was like, this is what the... This is what the plan should be. And, you know, she's obviously brilliant. Um, She's a a man with a plan. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that they, like, do some shit. You know, they do what they can do. Yeah. I think they will. I really do. I hope so. I hope so. Because people worked really hard to, you know... (laughs) It's fucking hard to vote in some places, and people did it. My God. it's And then in some places where it was easy, people didn't. California, I'm talking to you. It's disgusting. Disgraceful, in fact. I'm pissed. Yeah. I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm not that mad because I'm really happy about Katie Hobbs. Really happy about that. I want to shout out Christopher Boozy, who is my favorite pollster. Um, he just oh, yeah, does, I love that guy. Yeah, he just does it for a hobby. And uh, he's the reason why I didn't lose my shit on election night. Um, and uh, there, there are other pollsters that came close. None of the ones that you saw on your favorite channels like CNN, MSNBC, Fox, uh, None of those people whose names you know, but Christopher Boozy, he is the guy that invented Bot Sentinel, which is like a a great thing for, well, it used to be a great thing (laughs) for staying safe on Twitter. Um, I'm sure he'll do other incredible things, but he just does uh, poll uh, prognostication for like a hobby and he was great and he just explained everything. And also when he was off, he was like, yeah, I was off. Here's what I thought. And instead of like these poll guys, it's, they get so snippy when they're wrong and like, you know, well, shockingly they're men. (laughs) They get so upset. And it's like, I mean, dude, you were very wrong. You were very wrong. And I I know I saw with my own two eyes people trying to tell you why they thought you might be wrong and you weren't hearing it. So now you have to like kind of, you know, face the the tweeting squad while while Twitter still lasts. Face the tweeting squad. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Get that element in your body now. You need electrolytes so you don't pass out. There's lots of traveling happening today. You're gonna need element. That was a really good one. You t- um, I mean, I took you on a journey. You addressed all my major concerns. <laughs> In that jingle. Element. You know how important electrolytes are. We've yes. talked about it before. I will talk about it again. Seriously, because I am such a strong believer in yes. electrolytes and the necessity for electrolytes in your body to help you do all of the things you need to do. 
Yeah, and Elements especially good because it's a science-backed electrolyte. It has a science-backed ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, which, as we know, like, I just can't function without magnesium in my life. No, it affects everything. And you have to replenish your electrolytes, whether it's because you drank a couple too many glasses of wine or because you worked out real hard or you went to a sauna or if you're currently running a marathon or if you're just like a person on the go. Yeah. I'm telling you, you got to replenish these electrolytes. Casey and I both use and love Element so much. Uh, And it's not just us. Element is used by everyone from the NBA, the NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, Navy SEALs. And then, you know, of course, us. (laughs) Because when you think of that, group of people, then you're also like Casey and busy. Yeah, of course. Obviously. But listen, we all sweat. And the primary (sighs) thing that we're losing is sodium. And so you lose, if you're a sweater, which we both are, you lose a lot of sodium throughout the day. And then you find yourself like, oh, why is my head foggy? Why does my stomach feel bad? Why am I dizzy? Muscle cramps. Muscle cramps, headaches. And so have you tried the new chocolate variety pack of Element? No, no, but it just came. I need to try it. Is it so good? It's so good. I've been just putting one packet in my coffee in the morning. It makes like a nice little mocha treat holiday coffee and like I'm on my way. Wait, that's incredible. And I'm definitely stealing that. Okay, guys, right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets for you with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors. Or share Element with the friend that may need a little salt. <laughs> um, get yours at drinklmnt.com slash best. This deal's only for our listeners and only available through our link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash best. The best part is you can try it totally risk-free because if you don't like it, you share it with somebody and they're just, they'll give you your money back. They know that you're going to love it. Right. You got nothing to lose. Hi-ya! That was good. That was simple to the point. We've talked, I mean, listen, that's just straight to the point, straight to the point. We've talked a little bit about uh, staying healthy, what we need to stay healthy, and vitamins, honestly are a great thing, especially when you have kids, especially because most modern kids' diets have some gaps in them where they don't have enough of certain essential vitamins and minerals that they really need to keep them healthy. And Haya is a vitamin that fills in those most common gaps and has zero gummy junk, zero sugar, but it tastes great. It's perfect for picky eaters. And it is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and so much more. And in case you're worried, it's non-GMO, it's vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and free of anything else that you're worried about. Again, just all of the good stuff that you want and need for your kids. 
And listen, it, you can use it for yourself too, because Haya is designed for kids of all ages. And the best part to me is always that it comes straight to my door. So I have one last thing to worry about, to remember to buy, to pick up. Um, it's a thing that like even our most picky eater is like, okay, fine, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, which is like, to me, that's, that's a, a win. win. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win. And I take them sometimes too. I like that it's like all in there. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. And I like that it comes with the bottle that you reuse so that it's less waste. They've send you this little refillable bottle and then they send you the little refills straight to your door. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order to claim the deal. You must go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal is not available on their regular website. Don't even try it. Go to <laughs> H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash busy and get your kids and you maybe the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen with Twitter? I mean... I saw my friend Anil Dash. I call him my friend. I hope he thinks of me as a friend too. Uh, I love that guy. He retweeted someone, a woman who I'm afraid I can't remember her name, but he was like, if we're going to believe any expert on this, this is the voice that I would believe. And she was saying like in the next two weeks, it could just curl up and die. Twitter just go down because they're firing everyone that they thought was, useless, I guess. And it's kind of everyone that was maintaining all the important systems. So Twitter right now never <laughs> never works the same way twice when you open it. You know, sometimes tweets still translate, tweets from another language. Sometimes you can't get a translation. Uh, I guess there was like a problem with two-factor uh, authentication for logging in. So if you like logged out on your phone and you used your text to get your code to log back in, that just didn't exist. You couldn't get the text anymore, um, so you couldn't log back in. So everybody's advising, like, if you care about Twitter, if it has been important to you in any way, download your archive uh, ASAP because it might not be available to do that uh, if that's something that you want. And if you have two-factor authentication, don't log out because you might not be able to get back in. Okay. It's like, it's wacky. I mean, it's wacky. It just reminds me of like, you know, like when this stuff was all first invented, when you would get like the fail whale constantly. But at least Twitter was apologetic back then. They would be like, our bad. We have a cute fail whale. This should appease you while we're working on it. Oh my it's God, a it lot was of like the whale that was being like carried by little birds. By little birds. Now it's a lot of failing, no whaling, no apologies, nothing. So we'll see what happens with it. I feel like he's trying to destroy Twitter on purpose. Why? Um 
Because besides like talking about what we had for dinner and what we thought of The Bachelor, it's a very important organizing tool politically. It's very important for people who live in places with state-sponsored media to receive information from other citizens about what's really going on instead of a state-sanctioned message about how everything is fine. It's important for you know, well, think about Twitter's role in the the Russian aggression in Ukraine. You know, like, we wouldn't know what we knew about it if we had to tune into the news, because we probably wouldn't, and it would be so old, and we got to see everything play out in real time and be able to, like, be moved to support Ukraine. And, you know, so it's interesting. I saw somebody say that... um organization is the opposite of activism, which I don't think that's true, but I do think they are two different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that they work well together. I think, I think, I think activism without organization is meaningless. If that makes, if that makes sense. And so, I think Twitter is like a really has been a really, really powerful organizational tool for people all over the world. And I think there will be a vacuum if it if it goes. And uh, yeah, so, you know, and it's fun to like, you know, write fart jokes or, you know, whatever. But (laughs) busy doesn't like fart jokes. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not like a huge fan of them. <laughs> it's fun to have fun on there, but it's also, it, it has been like a really, it's the new media. And so to like fall back to the place where we were before. Um, but which, I, what, but what, what is that? Well, I think, you know, Facebook, which we know is, is not effective and, and Facebook has a reputation for pushing, uh, propaganda, you know, like feeding people propaganda that they wouldn't otherwise see, like using an algorithm to do that. Um, Instagram, which is part of like, I don't, I don't, I think Instagram is, uh, is much more social media than social activism media. I think people use it for that, but I see it more for like, you know, for people just enjoying themselves. Um, so, yeah. And then we go back to, like, you know, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. Those TV networks are not that, that, that far advanced from, like, newsreel days, you know, where you're, like, have to wait for the film to get developed before you see what's happening in, you know, a war around the world. Meanwhile, let me just say this. <clears throat> and I realize I'm many seasons behind. But, you know, Birdie and I started watching The Crown, like, not long ago, a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're only just getting to Olivia Coleman right now. Oh, I envy you. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But some of the highlights for me in these first few years, and can I just say, I've read the review, I've read some of the reviews of this newest season and people are not giving it Hi, Marks. Mm. But one thing that I think might be a little bit missing once you get into these modern years where we all remember it. Right. Is exactly 
what you were saying before, the access to information. And what's so great, if you haven't watched The Crown, is that in the first several seasons, it's dealing with history, right? Right, right. And it's dealing with a lot of things that like either weren't public knowledge, but kind of is historical knowledge, like historians are aware of these things that happened. Do you know what I mean? Yes, But it's not like the kind of stuff that, especially in America, we would have in our history books or be taught about the the goings-on of World War II and the monarchy and, you know, even JFK and um, Jacqueline Kennedy visiting Buckingham Palace and, like— all of those things that, you know, we have like some kind of historical context for them, but we don't know the real stories behind it. Right, yeah. The Great Fog, like I didn't even know what the Great Fog was. We never learned about that in history. It didn't, you know, um, or if we did, it was like a line in a history book, in a world history book. So that's what I think is like so compelling about those early seasons. I mean- one of my favorites from, because Bertie and I just finished that season two, was the Nazi, was the uncle who abdicated the throne being a oh. Nazi. Like the revelation that he was a Nazi. Right, Which, right. when you're talking about what you're saying, like, imagine that not being common knowledge of a leader today. Right, right. There are literally photos of the guy with Adolf Hitler and and the guy's wife. What are, what is that guy's name? The uncle, yeah, who mm. abdicated the throne and George. Oh my God! Wait, Mark just sent me two pictures, and it's just him in two different waiting rooms for. <laughs> <laughs> He's still trying. He's still bless his heart. You know what? While we were talking, I just reclicked my link just for fucking shits and giggles. Yeah, maybe we'll get lucky on this podcast. Probably not. Um, I was also like screaming at Mark, like, you have to keep a good attitude about this. Your energy is ruining this. <laughs> Which is like. When you have no other argument, you can always go to bad energy. Bad energy. Your bad <laughs> energy is ruining this for me. Um, yeah. I mean, like, but that information about. The uh oh, here comes the heater. <laughs> the heater in New York is just a little man who lives in your basement, and he and just it, like and he just hits um he just and hits he just the pipes with a hits wrench. The pipes with a wrench. Yeah, it's basically um, it, Mario it was Brothers. Edward. It was Edward, not oh Edward. What did okay. I say? George. No. Okay, Edward. And it was fucking wild. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, what's wild is that there's no way that you, the knowledge would, you wouldn't have the pictures and the knowledge that this guy was like a Nazi. Right. And did horrible things, like, to his own, against the British people. Yeah. That was a thing that was like, even after she found out about it and they published those, the historians published those papers, I feel like it was like not a thing that was widely disseminated. Right. Right? I, I mean, know. not that I probably know Probably World of, War II historians. Yeah. Like who knows? My dad probably knows. 
But what's interesting <laughs> is now we have all that knowledge and like a basic, basically like a m- several modern equivalents and some people like it. You know, some people are like, oh, great. That, that's the guy for me. Like. Oh, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, like, uh-huh. like I don't, would it have made him less popular if, if it was widely known? You know, well, people keep saying that. Like, if you ever wondered what you'd do if you ever met a Nazi, now you know. Cause you didn't I feel do- good about us, guys. I'm going to just say it. <laughs> I feel good about that. About We us. knew. We didn't like it. We were activists and organized. I mean, listen, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel good about what we've yeah. done. Yeah. We've, like, at, we've used our platforms to speak up. We've yeah. actively tried to shut down the fascists. You've made it weird with your weird uncles. I made it, yeah, you guys have made it weird with your weird uncles. I made it weird with the guy at Houston's. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he made it weird, but yes. I didn't let him not. You I didn't, didn't let you him. didn't let him off the hook. I didn't let that motherfucker off the hook. I was like, absolutely not, bitch. Right. That's that's my revisionist history of how it went. Not, <laughs> not ending in me in tears over my veggie burger and unable to eat it. Well, um, you're saying it now. But you know to, what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, yeah, well, so it'd be interesting to me to, you know, I mean, it's the, it's beyond Monday morning quarterbacking, but it'd be interesting to me if uh ubiquitous knowledge, what it, what do you call that? What do you what would you call uh, it, omniscience? Like if omniscience, omniscience. Mm-hmm. would make we basically have as close to we've ever had to omniscience now and uh I don't know if it makes a huge difference because some people like what they see. Some people see the worst and they like it. But can I tell you something that I think is interesting? One thing that I thought that I've thought was interesting and I haven't, I don't read a ton of like political breakdown shit post election. I don't actually read a ton of the stuff before or after <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. because I'm just like it doesn't matter the work that I'm going to do and the people I'm going to work for is what I'm going to do and right. how I'm going to push forward right. and I don't need to read some think piece about whatever right like you yeah. know what I'm saying does that make yes, sense of course because also I do think sometimes people can get discouraged by those think pieces like I was getting just disc- like I got discouraged when the Atlantic posted that thing that was like Beto and Stacey Abrams or like the Democratic Party has a problem with losers like four right. days before the election. And I was like, right. guys, that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, but here's what I would say. Just in looking at, I have a lot of feelings about Georgia and obviously Arizona, but in looking at how the like Republicans voted in both places, it wasn't consistent to the party. Right. And that to me is actually makes me feel good. Yeah. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Hopeful. 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 Because I think, I think people rejected 
extremism and in many places. Here's the way I look at it. To call Beto and Stacey Abrams losers is, um, it's shallow. It's not deep. It's not a deep thought. Uh, sorry, Atlantic. I'm no Atlantic writer. But um, the like we talked about last week, they pulled people up on the ticket that were under them and them running made a difference. And they were the people who had the best chance to win in deeply currently red environs, you know, well, no, they're not deeply red. They're, they're purple now, you know? And so those are the people that had, I look at it as like, I think people look at politics and government as so individualistic, but it's not, it's like a basketball team and people have their jobs that they do. And sometimes somebody makes a play that doesn't get a basket, but it contributes to the overall win. And I just feel like our basketball team had a really good showing in this this game. And so we have to pay attention and uh, we can't stop paying attention now that it's over. We have to get ready for the next game. My point, I think, about Beto and Stacey's stands, they've done huge huge things to make progress in this election and they'll go on to do great things and hopefully we'll continue to pull it out of the fire and hopefully shift things so that all of the things that we slept on redistricting and fucking extremist courts and judges, you know, hopefully we can just pull things in the right direction and realize that like strategy does matter. Voting matters a great deal. Even if you think it doesn't matter where you are, it, it matters. Really matters. We never saw more evidence of how 10, 20, 500 votes m- matters. We all watch those fucking vote drops every hour from Maricopa County. I look forward to not hearing about Maricopa County. I hope they have a very peaceful 24 months until the next election. I mean, I... I don't know who this person is. Who? I don't know. Some random ass number. Texted me and texted me on my birthday. Have a lovely birthday, sweet lady. And then and and then just wrote, "Hi, what's your email?" I don't understand what I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> um. Hmm. What if? What do you do when you don't know someone's number? A lot of times, I like to be like, "Hey, sorry, new new phone. Who this? Who this? Yeah, I get that. Who do you think I am?" <laughs> when I yeah, that's what I do when I don't know a person's number. Should I just say who is this? Is that what uh, that's what you think? Yeah. Okay. Hi. Who is this? I like that you have to use the a friendly tone of voice when well, you're. Uh, they don't know that. Hi. Who's this? <laughs> Feels weird. They're not answering. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The only thing that makes me feel like uh, is that it's a 917 number. So it's like probably someone that you met in New York. 
I don't know. I don't. I never got scammed by a nine one seven number. I don't feel like, but it's possible. I like when my phone says possible scam. Oh, did you know the person? Like very well. <laughs> you know what? I'm glad I asked. Now we know. <laughs> did you make a contact for that person? I'm doing it right now, Casey. Right. Thank you. Okay. Oh my god, I went. And finally saw, I'm finally like better. So I got to go meet Michelle's new baby. Aww. This bitch gave birth like five weeks ago and is just doing a full press tour for this yeah. Steven Spielberg movie. And yeah, I mean, she's got no choice, right? Like, this is just, it is what it is. This is how the, this is how this business works. Yeah. But I was just like, honey, what? Are you, are you okay? Like, are you okay? And she's like, I cannot see straight. I am fine. Like, she's just oh, like, no. Thankfully, her yeah, her mom showed up to help. I mean, she's got other like you know, yeah, she's got some yeah. Like, but it, there's nothing like nanny help. You know. But like, it's you know, it's a lot. Like a newborn is that was also wild. Like, technically, I guess I can still have babies. I mean, I can, like, truly, technically, yeah, I can still course. have babies. Yeah. And, like, holding a newborn at when my youngest is now nine and, yeah. you know, just full cricks. Yeah. I was like, in what world do you go back to having babies? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's insane. Yes. It's insane. Yes. I mean, I'm sure you and Mark had that conversation at some point. Like, do we want to have another baby or? No, we were trying to figure out if we were going to stay married the, mm. for the, like the third one. Yeah. He want, remember, he wanted one. Don't you remember that? I do kind of remember. Yeah. When we were doing Busy Tonight, he was like, maybe like we can have a third kid. He really wanted one. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. huh. But yeah. then he doesn't now is what yeah. he's saying. Yeah, but okay. I mean, not you with never, me. I mean, I yeah. mean, just but in the, general, but, and, like but, often. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, guys, and weirdly, now he doesn't want to have a third child with me. <laughs> you um, mean he doesn't now that we're have, divorced? <laughs> he doesn't want to have um, a child with a new partner. He's saying he doesn't want to have another kid. And I was like, well, you know. <laughs> he probably you, loves you blasting it out there to all potential. <laughs> We're like Mark's dating service, and we're like, no, no new kids. Well, I but you I wouldn't know. be opposed to that, right? Truly, right? Is that crazy? I mean, you know, no. Because here's what I'll say: like holding that newborn was like so cute, and then I was just like very glad it was not mine. Yeah, I mean that'd be an ideal situation, I think, for Cricks maybe, because she would get to have a younger sibling, and you would have nothing to do with taking care of it. That's that'd be so great. Yeah, you'd just have to be like n nice to the kid. At, like, well, our friend, our friend Angela Kinsey has that really, really lovely relationship with uh, her ex husband's new wife and their yeah. children, and yeah. like you know, and she's like, there, it's my daughter's siblings and my stepson's step step siblings whatever like so great it you know and she's just like 
loves it. Like, and she's, you know, she's like, I get to have these little, little kids around and it's nice. She's uh, such a lovely person. She's so mentally healthy. Really? She really is. (laughs) I mean, it is shocking. Yeah. I do feel like I wonder if it would be, I would feel differently if it was actually happening. I'm sure you'd, you'd go through some things. I think anyone would. You know, you'd you'd yes, have feelings. We've all gone through some things. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. But yes, you could technically have a baby, and that just seems absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> like the, can you imagine <laughs> me pregnant at this point in my life? I no, I I wouldn't want no. that for you. No, no, you can't imagine it. No, first I would be so fucking miserable. <laughs> I would be the worst. And I loved being pregnant. I really yeah, did. Yeah. I get but that. But I, no, it's not happening. It's not, that's not, she's done. This, <gasps> this uterus is cooked. <laughs> Rocket money, doing all the things Rocket money can do. I like that. It was a good one. I think it's a great one. We love Rocket Money. Used to be known as True Bill. Right. But Rocket Money, when we were talking about on the podcast today, I'm talking a little bit about like my attempts to be more frugal in my life. One of the biggest ways that I have reigned in monthly spending is by identifying random subscriptions. And memberships. and memberships and also like apps and things that I don't need that I haven't used in many moons. Right. And I don't want, I don't want it anymore. And then the best part is that Rocket Money shows up. It's an app. It shows all of those subscriptions and things that you are paying your cash to monthly. Right. And it will cancel what you don't want for you. Very easily. It's very easy. Because 80% of people have subscriptions that they've completely forgotten about. Yeah. Oh my God. I was being double, I was being double charged for a subscription. Ugh. A subscription I wanted. Unless you sit down and go through your credit card bill line by line every month, then it'd be hard to catch these things. And Rocket Money just does it all for you. I read that most Americans think they spend about $80 a month on subscriptions, but it's really closer to $200. Jeez Louise. Well, that's why you got to get Rocket Money. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash best. Seriously, guys, could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash best. Blue land. We want to live in a blue land. Is that weird? No, I like that one. Listen, we, uh, I already talked about, I've talked about this already today, but it remains a true thing. I hate plastic bottles. I hate trash. Yes. I really hate it. Yeah. And at the holidays, we're making more trash than ever, especially when we're trying to like clean up around the house because we have family coming over. And so when you try to keep it up, you're just 
adding to the trash piles. No, Casey, not anymore. Not with Blue Land. Blue Land is the best on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet. And this holiday season... Blue Land is having its best sale of the year so you can save and shop sustainably for your friends and your family and even for yourself. The idea is simple. You get one of the beautiful forever bottles. You fill it with warm water, drop in a tablet and get cleaning. The refills start at $2.25. You don't have to buy a new plastic bottle every time you run out. And you can set up a subscription or buy in bulk so you don't run out of the products that you use most. They have cleaning sprays, hand soaps, toilet cleaner, which we love, the laundry tablets we love. Plus, for a limited time, Blue Land's hand soap is getting the festive upgrade with a beautiful chocolate box-inspired gift set with cozy scents like evergreen, winterberry, and peppermint. And you know what I really love, too? I have to be honest. Like, this is a very specific love and a very specific thing that I'm grateful to Blue Land for. But sometimes when I'm running out of something, I buy another bottle of something, and then I have two bottles until that first— Right, like, and you I'm don't trying, have the space for it. I don't have the space for it. And so with Blue Land, there's none of that because I'm just keeping the concentrate— It's like in a drawer. All yes. of my concentrates are just in a drawer organized. Yes, yes. And, and it's then amazing. I can yes. just refill when I need to, and there's no, exactly. like— temporary storage of double products. To take advantage of their best sale of the year, go to blueland.com slash best. You don't want to miss this, guys. Blueland.com slash best. That's blueland.com slash best. Speaking of uh, being pregnant and being a mom, well, she's not pregnant now, but uh, we are being joined by comedian Natasha Legero. Oh, yes. Well, that's this is why I started this whole. <laughs> is she here now? She's, She's here. here. She's ah! here. Can you see me? We yes. can see you. We can see you. I can't see myself. Okay. I don't know. Is this lighting okay? Yeah. Oh, I love that dress. Natasha, is that Bathsheba? What is that? Yes. How do you know that? Because I know everything about clothing. No, I'm like a friend, real. My... You knew that that because I've never heard of the brand, and then my stylist friend brought it over, and that's impressive. I have like spot how many? I mean, I have like spotted by name multiple people's clothing, not just on this podcast, just like just in general. Just in general, it is a talent that I have where like someone will be wearing something, and I'll be like, "Is that Ghani from like three years ago?" And they're like, "Yes." How do you know that? That's another good brand. Another great brand. I just, I really love, I really love nice clothes. It's part <laughs> of the reason why. Would you know something why... from Target or or yeah. Old Navy? Yeah, yeah. Often. I mean, yeah. wait, I saw something on someone, and I literally was like, "That was the H and M collab with Isabel Knott," <laughs> and they're like, "It was." I'm telling you, I have like a real. I've it's got your a superpower. Real... I have that for I... furniture. Wait, Casey, you know, like, you're like, oh, that furniture is from blank. Like, yeah, like, I mean, somebody one time showed like a bedside table and said where they got it from and what the price was. I have it a little bit for fashion, too. I'll tell you about it in a second. But um, said the price that they paid and they felt like they got a really good deal 
on it. And I was like, oh, they have that exact same side table from the same maker at World Market. And it's like (laughs) a third of the price that this person paid. But I'm usually able to spot where someone will say like, I got this dress at such and such. I'm like, oh, this website also sells that exact same dress like for 25% of what you paid. But that's not like, that's not high fashion. That's, you know, that's, that's, low mastige is that what they more depressing what's mastige mastige is like it's like seems like a prestigious brand but it's made it's mass made and so it's inexpensive yeah anyway what's yours my superpower is so depressing i feel like i know like people's jokes I think that could be really useful to I people that host a lot of late night shows these days. I'm like, no, that person has that joke. I mean, it's like whatever you spend your time doing, I guess. Uh, yeah. Maybe like philosophies of rearing children. Uh, could that be one? <laughs> yes. Tell me, tell me every, first of all, we were just having this conversation about how I, my best friend who's my age has a newborn and well, she's actually technically a year younger than me, guys. Everybody calm down. <laughs> But, like, I was so shook by holding that newborn with my 14-year-old came with me. And I was just like, I have a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. I, my, I'm still ovulating. I know, like, I have had the the checks and, like, things are good for me. If I wanted to, I could have another baby. And it is preposterous. Like, I could never... I would not want to either. But also you have, this is like a high status symbol. You have adult children. Yes. <laughs> you're it like is. Reese Witherspoon. You're like, I know. Busy was successful enough to like have kids in her 30s, 20s? Early 20s, baby. Oh but also, wait, listen, I wasn't. It was the it was the great strike, the great writer strike, the great WGA strike right. of 2007, 2008, 2000. She was born. They were born in 2008, so 2007. So when that writer strike started, Mark and I had just gotten married. We barely knew each other, basically. And and I was just like, I'm not on a show. Pilot season's canceled. You're not working. What should we? And he's like, let's just see. And we. that's why I had Birdie. So it wasn't that I was like successful, so successful at that point. I actually, I mean, I actually was in debt, but... (laughs) There's no good time to have a kid, but I do think Some that a strike... Some things never change. I do, by the way, still in debt. I've gone in and out. I've gone in and out. Yeah. Um, but Natasha, you guys, you just have your one baby. I have one baby. I froze my eggs at 38 after, you know, two extra decades of like partying and making money. And, you know, I just think that it's so cool as a woman now because we do, I mean, obviously it's expensive technology, but it... You know, if you can get the money together, you can wait till you're in your late 30s, even 40s. I had my kid at 43, um, but you have See, to freeze I'm your 43. eggs by 38. <laughs> and you're still fertile. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> but like my sister, my sister had her first baby at like 39 and her second mm. one. I mean, I feel like she was 42 or 43 with the second one. She had her first one in her late 30s and her second one in her early 40s. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just your genetics. It's just like however your Eggs made. run in your family. They do. We love oh them. Oh my gosh. I can't what imagine. Is, I can't. I just, mine, mine are fully grown and I just can't. I was. Oh, I was, you have adult kids too? She yeah, has adult have, adult. Like I actual like, adults. Like voting. Twenty. <laughs> they're 23 and 20. <gasps> 
true. It's true. But I also had them when I was like, by the time I was 30, the baby factory was closed for business. But I was just saying to Busy, like, I was like, I'm sure you and Mark had that talk about, do you want to have another child? And my husband and I had that talk, uh, like, so do we want to have a third child? And I think we reached a resolution within, like, 20 minutes and then got uh, Pizzeria Uno. And the answer was (laughs) no. Well, I had to talk my husband out of it because he's best friends with his brother. So his whole vision of a family was... Two kids at least. And like my vision was no kids. But like my therapist was like, he called me a situational breeder. And he's like, if the situation presents itself, maybe you could breed. And I was like, okay, I think that's true. Why don't I freeze my eggs, keep them on ice. And then if I meet someone who I deem worthy of, you know, um, blasting on them and creating an embryo. That's the medical term. Um, I'll do it. And so I did it. I, well, I had, I didn't realize that when you freeze your eggs, you you should do two rounds. Like I, I had eight eggs and I was like, oh, well, I, I don't want eight kids. So that'll be more than enough. But once, you know, they got defrosted and Moshe, you know, did his load on them and then... <laughs> They turned into embryos. There was four embryos. And then they do all that genetic testing. Yes, right. And there was only two. And I put one up. It died. And then the one, the last one is my darling child. So I just got got really lucky. I got really lucky. And and I guess if I, that's what I try to talk about in the book, my journey. It's obviously, it's, it's it's all from a comedic perspective. But I feel like a lot of people don't realize like what the technology really affords women now. Like you can, your peak earning years, your peak earning decades are now yeah. like, can be more yours. Um, well, yeah. I would like to say, cause I've also just been like recently for, it's a long story, but for a TV show that I'm writing, I have been researching life for women in other countries. And oh, interesting. you can live in other places and be of your best earning years and also have a family because you're supported <laughs> mm. by the companies and the corporations like the government mandates that in yeah. other places, right. especially yeah. in Nordic countries. In Sweden in particular, I just was reading this one this morning. They get, it is mandatory, 490 Days of maternity leave. Wow. Paid, so much. Paid. Wow. That you can use in any increments over nine years. <laughs> That's incredible. Think about that. Think Wait, about so that. People are still using their their thing. Yes, they're like because they, think about it, Natasha. Crazy. Like your kid is you have, you know, you're you're at your job, you're doing well, and your child gets really sick and you have to lose, you know, you have to stay home for three days with your kid. You don't have to have like a nanny that you're always paying for. You don't have to have like all of this extra help on call just in case. Like when I was a full-time on a television show working parent. We had a full-time nanny all the time, even when the kids went back to school, because what if I'm right. shooting and, like, one of the kids gets sick? Who's going to get that baby, you know? So, like, yeah, so, like, they there are other places. It's really an – it's a uniquely American problem that we, uh, you know, are unable to, like – we're told no that we can have both, but we actually yeah. are not supported to have both. 
Right. There's no, there's no support. You're so right. right. And even just having a small family with one kid, I'm like, why does this, why do I have to make dinner every night? Like, why can't we live on like a compound with like four <laughs> other families? We yes. could all have our own houses like, and then we could like, there could be like a dining hall where like yes. and the kids could play together. And I, I just, I feel like our system is like a little fucked for, especially it's totally, for the mom. I feel like totally during the fucked. pandemic, some families got a little close to that because I know families that like potted to, mm-hmm. um, to hire a teacher and have their kids go to school together. But then at that point, when you're like, mixing like that in the pandemic, then they started to just be each other's like social world. So a lot of people that I knew that (laughs) it wasn't in their personality to really ever be a member of a commune, sort of like we're in this communal (laughs) living situation. And I knew one where the um, communal living situation kind of blew up and it was very entertaining for me, but not for them. (laughs) Not for them. Whenever whenever I think about that, it always ends in Nexium. Yes. Right. I know. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> so maybe it's better, but like still, <laughs> there's got to be a better way. I think there is a better way. I also think Los Angeles is uniquely like sort of you're you're on your own in in a way that a lot of other cities don't have the same thing. And especially like other suburbs don't. Right. I have, we have friends, our friends in South Carolina who, you know, I was there doing a TV show and then a bunch of my friends from the show, like all just moved there and they all live in the same, like essentially the same neighborhood within like two, a mile and a half of each other. And it kind of is like that. It's very much like kids are at this person's house one day at this person's house the next day, everyone feeds each other's kids and families and stuff. And it just, it works really like that very well. I don't know. I think that we, yeah, we got to figure something out. I would way rather make five lunches or 10 lunches once a week than like every day (laughs) have to make a lunch. Like I didn't even know you're supposed to be filling in all the little compartments. Like it's just so much. Oh my God. It's so much. It's so overwhelming. And you're really in it. Like four is, four is little. I know. I know. She's so cute. And it's, it is, it is definitely a challenge. And I think that in LA, you're right. I never thought about it like that, but I think it's also because a lot of us leave our hometowns and families. Right. (laughs) So we don't have that support. And then my husband, he's really close to this family and they moved here when our kid was born. But I think they moved here just to hang out with my husband. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. But also babies. come over to babysit. Uh, Well, but just wait too, because it, there is a, there, I will say that there is a shift and Casey will attest to this. Like as babies get older, the mom, you, you get like let off the hook at different moments. And then like, you're way back on the hook for a while. Like right now, my 14 year old only wants to talk to me, like has no interest in talking to Mark, but four years ago, would you say, Casey, or three years ago? Yeah. Birdie was like all about Mark. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think, and I think like babies are hard for in-laws. They're kind of like, they don't, they're like a lot of in-laws, not all. Right. Cause yeah. they're out of practice. They haven't yeah. raised a kid in like 35 years, you know? Right. And, and right. they're sort of just like, and, and we're having our babies and we're having our babies old. So like, that's part of the issue, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love that you wrote 
this book about your experience. The world deserves my children. But I mean, I want maybe you should have another child so that that can really just come true. You should have children. <laughs> so, so the title makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the world deserves this child. <laughs> well, you know, I've thought about it. And I do think that like when you adopt a kid, it's like, is there a better thing you can be doing for the world? It's like an actual real thing. You know what I mean? It's like you are you are changing someone's life hopefully uh, for the better, but like I had a problem child growing up. Like one of my brothers was like really bad and he kind of like ruined our childhood. And so I'm always like on edge of like just the idea that you could like mess up the balance or mess up the, you know, the, the harmony that we've created. When, when I had my younger son, I took him in to the pediatrician to, for like his baby checkup. And of course I had my older son who is also a patient of hers. And she said like, how's it going? Is he doing this? Is he doing that? And then she said, are you going into Eli's bedroom every night when he's asleep and crying and apologizing for ruining his life by having another baby? And I was like, (laughs) Yes, I am. And she was like, that's normal. That's every, everyone really? does that. Yeah. That's really funny. Wait, and I was like, you, oh. you were regretting it kind of? Well, just because like the kid goes from being like the star of the show to being like second banana out of necessity. And it's really hard. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's it is really, really hard. hard for a kid to understand that. I'm really lucky, Natasha, because I've always said that if we actually, ever had a problem it was that Eli loved his baby brother too much like in a way that was alarming like whereas some kids like really are just like trying to throw the baby in the garbage or whatever oh my god like wait my (laughs) friends wait Mark's writing partner's daughter yeah literally said when the baby brother was born I'm probably gonna use scissors cut him up and put him in the trash (laughs) and we were like oh my god are you what's (laughs) <laughs> but it's totally normal. Like kids it's say, normal. like li- she was, I think she was, she was really little. She was like three, maybe. Yeah. And like little, little kids say the darkest things yes. when their siblings come yes. along. Like, okay, it's time to throw that baby out now. Like it's <laughs> time to <laughs> That baby goes, that baby goes away now. Like it's, they're oh my God. almost every, uh, like two or more child ha- household has a story of like an older toddler, like hiding the newborn. Like if you, we were always really careful because we had heard so many times, like if you leave the baby in like a little, in the little baby carrier, like on the floor napping or whatever, that it's very possible that you'll like find them in a closet or whatever, because the <laughs> older kid will just it. drag them to the closet or like behind a sofa. I think my friend said that her her son put her daughter behind the sofa and they couldn't Wait, find how, the baby carrier. What's the difference, the age difference between Eli and Lincoln? Three years. Three years, right? Yeah, yeah. I have full five years in yeah, between my kids. That's a lot. Which that's is that a good lot. or bad, Busy? Because can't they babysit each other or no? No, I would never trust that. But um, I would trust Birdie to babysit like Cricket's friends, but not, <laughs> but not Cricket. <laughs> Um, but, but it, I think that it was what was hardest and Bertie will talk about this, like as a full teenager grown up now, Bertie will say like, what was so weird is that I was expecting you to have a kid that was closer in my, closer to my age that I could play with. Uh. And then you gave birth to cricket and she was useless to me. Like, because (laughs) Birdie had been wanting a sibling. Yeah. And 
was looking at all of her friends that had siblings and thinking that I was going to have like a three-year-old, I guess. Like that. Mm-hmm. Right. That you she were going to play with. Purchase a three-year-old. Yeah. And then was really <laughs> like, honestly, really bummed. I would do that. If at I a baby. A, if I could purchase a perfect three-year-old, I probably would do that. Yeah. That cuts out a lot of the, the you know, a little, a little AI. The company that makes Roomba is doing a lot of great things. So <laughs> you, we never My, know. My husband is obsessed with Roombas. We have three of them. We have the mopping one. We have the vacuum one. And then he just got like the newest model of the vacuum one. And I hate it. These, But yes, that's definitely taking over. But maybe she could just play with those. Maybe. Just put some googly eyes on one of them and it'll be your husband will love it. Your baby will love it. She's not a baby. She's four. Well, Um, I definitely definitely think I, I need to figure out how to make her not a brat because she doesn't have a sibling. At least a sibling is a little bit of baked in like you don't get everything you want at all moments. And it's it's just been so hard. And I watched the Amy Winehouse documentary the other day. And the the one thing Amy Winehouse's mom said that really stuck with me, she's like, I could never say no to Amy. I never uh, said no to yeah. her once. Yeah. And I'm just like, how? So now as like, almost as a, as a meditation practice or a spiritual practice, I'm just trying to say no to my cute, adorable daughter because it, it's just so, it brings you so much joy to give her whatever she wants. And, you know, and there's no other sibling there to take anything from her. So it's, it's definitely a challenge. But you, she must be in school now. She's in preschool, but, you know, it's like, you know, there's still a lot of hours to kill this. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but it's I like- don't. This is what I'm saying. Like I was so my best friend has now like an almost three year old and this newborn. And I was a little bit like that. I did this like I don't <laughs> I don't remember this at all. Like, well, school's it, done at one. Yeah. Which is yeah. like done insane. One. Like what are parents supposed to be doing? Like at least I can like schedule my podcast to like be at a, you know, before one, but like right. most things you can't schedule. My kid yeah. went to a preschool. My kids went to a preschool in Los Angeles that ended at two 30, but they had like late care available till six. Oh, mm. that's, well, that's a good. Yeah. I think that that's like, but then again, this is where I'm going to bring back to other countries. A lot of other countries have like paid uh, yeah. childcare and um, preschool age childcare, like educational childcare that's like just included in yeah. jobs and the world. And they take care of the children wonderfully. <laughs> Which, by the way, I should say, in case anyone you were very forgotten, lucky, I was so lucky. That's why I had kids so young. I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show, and we were given twelve weeks of of maternity leave. leave, twelve weeks of hiatus in the summer, and fully paid for daycare on the premises. So that Genius. is why I like, and it's a, I, it's a show run by a woman. It's like yeah, that, right, that's why course. we need more women in whatever is the highest level because, like. Yeah. They yes. understand and Government. men don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to get you involved with this Vote Mama organization, Natasha. Are you involved in it? Well, or Caitlin you- Stamos was asking me to do oh, yeah. something. Yeah, she's I on the she's able. on the like the thing that I'm on too. But you should do, I, you should join too. I would love to help. Because yeah, when you see the statistics it's like only 
like less than 6% of people in office have children under the age of 18. No wonder if they never pass universal childcare, they never pass maternity leave, they never pass any of these things that help. They don't pass um, the bills that would end taxing formula and diapers, the right. diaper tax, which is ludicrous. Well, they don't um, need it. And like you said, you just, you'd forgotten You forget. It, you know? I forgot. Yeah. yeah right. my, my kids aren't even that little. Right. Right. So, <sighs> I mean, that old. I meant that old. You know what I meant. I, we you know, I, what, I we mean. know what you meant. Oh um, we should tell you, Natasha has a book out right now called The World Deserves My Children. She also co-hosts a podcast with her husband, also comedian, Moshi Kasher, called Endless Honeymoon, which you can check out. Um, well, it's actually, we people submit questions and we give them advice. It's the Endless Honeymoon podcast, yeah. And then there's a secret hotline, so people will call and leave their deep, dark secrets. And then people will also call in. A lot of young people, I feel like they... People need so much advice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like 20-year-olds, they're at 30-year-olds. People just lost three years of their lives. Like, everyone's just sort of like, not that we have the best advice, but, you know, age does help. Experience does help. And Moshe's, yeah. like, been in AA since he was 14. So, you know, and we roast them. So it, it's it's definitely <laughs> been, it, it definitely got me through the pandemic. And um, we would love to have you guys on. Oh, oh I would, would love it. Lo- Wait, would love I, so you did, on. so it sort of changed what the direction of the podcast was. Cause for a while, wasn't it that you would always have like another couple on that's married? Well, we had that too, but, um, you know, we ran out of married people. <laughs> we thought would be right for the podcast. People aren't staying married like they used to. <laughs> I mean, that pandemic did me in. That was it, a rough one. All the things rough. that were, all the things that were cute were just like not cute anymore. It just, it ended. I, it was like, it was so challenging. And I, I mean, it did make us tighter as a family in a way, because I was definitely planning on outsourcing at least 50 hours a week to a nanny because I'm working, you know, right, and right. then when that didn't happen, I'm like spending every waking hour with my family and ev- we're eating lunch together in the dining room, like every day. Yeah, It was just, it. so I think it helped the family unit. I don't think it helped the romance of the relationship, you know? That makes right. sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, I essentially, I'm have I have a pandemic divorce, which is, that's been fun for me. You are far from alone, you did it. though. We're, you did we're it. Far from alone. You busy. <laughs> far from alone. But we also like, I don't know, Mark and I have like, we've, we've gone down lots of journeys and, and I feel like, I feel like honestly, it was less the pandemic and more our inadvertent move to New York. Yeah. Like if we had, we've talked about this. Like I think if we had stayed in Los Angeles, LA is really interesting because it's sort of like because there are no seasons and nothing ever changes in a way. Mm. Like you kind of can just keep doing the same thing for years. Yeah. <laughs> and <Wow. laughs> and like once we moved to New York, it was like a little bit like all bets were off and we had been in therapy for so many years and like really like really negotiating what our marriage was going to look like moving forward and all of these things. And then it was like, we're like, oh, we can do whatever we want. Like we can just be friends and raise these kids and not date each other. Like rad. Okay. Let's do that. You know, but I do think there's a part of both of us that I think are aware that if we stayed in, LA that we probably wouldn't have ever 
made that choice just because it's like just easier. Yeah. Well, to- I think that we're all evolving and there's a lot of different ways to to have a family. And I mean, my dentist was telling me that one child isn't a family. So I'm like, okay, you know, so it's like everyone what has these ideas. What the fuck is your dentist saying that shit to you for? <laughs> Wait, we, Casey and I both are so, we're like, it's time to get a new dentist. I mean, you have beautiful teeth. Your teeth are that gorgeous. is fucked. <laughs> By the way, I didn't ask you, dentist. Yeah, no shit. You were complimenting my teeth. Yeah, they're beautiful, but like... I don't think it's worth it to be shamed by your dentist for only having one child. Was your dentist trying to have another baby with you? He was just like, you need to get pregnant immediately. Like, make it, like, do it now. And I, was I would like, not I have let him have put me under after no, that don't comment let him put like under, that. For sure. For sure you not. not get anything filled by him after a comment like that. Well, Busy, I think that's inspirational. And I think that it's probably better. Like sometimes I like have to remember to kiss my husband in front of my child so that I'm modeling like some kind of like happy, romantic yes. uh, relationship, even though that's not how I'm feeling in the moment because he's stolen my earbuds and I buy <laughs> my credit card because he loses his wallet every day and he uses my credit card and then he takes it on tour and I don't have any, you know, I mean, it's just like, when you're like enveloped in someone else's chaos, it yes. just requires so much of you. And and I'm sure the opposite. If if your person's very anal retentive and you're not, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, being spoken to in a certain way. It's it's just like living with someone else. That's why I'm saying we need to get in a commune, you guys. Yeah. I do think I I do think that the commune experience, like for raising kids, is very appealing. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think that we, I think that people are longing for more community. Truly. Yeah. Like it's why people join QAnon. <laughs> they're just like, they're looking really? for, I you're think it's because they're looking for, for connection. Community. They're looking for like community to belong to. Can I and offer feel a so alone. counterpoint? Yes. I think that seeing a group of men uh, doing things that annoy the shit out of me would <laughs> get me to, instead of just one, while all the women banded together to still okay. do all the shit okay. that they always did all okay. along. That's fair. That's Wait, fair. also, you're telling your, your friend's husband, like, Steve, pick up your socks. <laughs> like, you're just... <laughs> I don't need to, yeah, I don't need to share that burden. Okay. Okay, What about a female community? A female community? And then, and then we go on dates. (laughs) What about just, we destroy the patriarchy and we just have a matriarchal society? I hope we're getting there, honey. I'm down for that. How do we do it when like, there's like one woman in, you know, like I think 70% of people in office are white men over 70. It's like, (laughs) how do... (laughs) How do we get there? It's just like I don't, I don't know, I don't and I'm know. not going to say that I know the solution to any of these problems. I'm just going to say that somehow in my family, recently, my 23 year old son texted the family group chat to say, "Don't forget, Grandma's birthday is coming up in a week," and I felt like I had won something. That, that he, is good parenting, Casey. He did the emotional labor that is typically like a mom's job. And I don't know how we got there, but I was very proud. You know, hearing you say that term emotional labor, like I feel like I do 100%. And it's like, it's so much. It's just like, how how are we supposed to do it? <laughs> I don't. Just I stop. Mean, 
<laughs> yeah, Casey's got a lot of advice on this, and she was she was really my guru. And Natasha, I do have to say, like, I had a really you you know we in my book I detail like the early years of Bertie's life and how alone I felt and how I felt like I was doing all of it and Mark wasn't doing any of it. And at a certain point, I just said to him, like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So you're up. Like I now, because I'm working a lot more than him in this moment, Mark does like a lot of what people would consider, I think, like the mom, like the things that typically, you know, get put to the mom. Like he gets the kids to school every morning and gets them up and fed and... You and know, it's which, amazing. It's so yeah. hard because society does not want that. They will do everything to get you to revert back to the way Truly. everyone thinks it's supposed to be. <clears throat> like, you know, we, Busy and I have talked so much about, like, you can bury, Natasha, you can bury your number on those school forms so deep and put <laughs> put Moshi's number right at the top and they will still fucking, still call you? The they'll nanny, find I you. Said, I, I asked the nanny, I said, can you, can you ask us scheduling questions in a group text? Because I don't know his schedule. They do it once. And then, like, it's just me, 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 everyone at school. I, I'm in, there's no, like, dad group text going on anywhere in the no. world. There, no, there's not. They're like, they don't give a shit. It's just there, like, there's actually, we, there was an episode of Girls 5 Eva last year that this yes. was like the B storyline that yes. Sarah Bareilles' character was trying to get off the, um, the mom email, chat. The mom <laughs> chat. And then, <laughs> Yeah. And then she finally does. And it's like a total disaster because <laughs> the dads, whatever, all fuck one mom. Anyway. <laughs> no, it's it's like, because it's like we under, we are, we can multitask. We just have the capacity for so much. And there's so much involved in every step. Like it's just, it, he really doesn't remember things. And, you know, it's like in, in, a, in a way that like, you know, with the baby, you're like, oh, this is like important. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Right. No, no, no. Mark was like that too. Natasha, I'm just here to tell you, Mark was also like that. And I remember the first time I I got this pilot. This was shortly after I basically said to him, like, I, I'm done. Like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And I won't stay married to you because I would rather just be on my own doing this than like have an expectation that's not being met by having a partner, you know? And I got a pilot uh, that perfectly <laughs> was going to be shooting over the kids' spring break. And we had already booked, well, Cricket was a baby, but Birdie's spring break. And we had already booked a trip. And so he took the two kids by himself on this spring break trip. And he called me immediately and was like, I didn't know how much shit you needed to like even take them to the pool. And I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's a lot of shit all yeah. the time. And I'm carrying it and been carrying it. And I'm not kidding you. Like after that trip, it was like his brain changed because That's then he cool. was like, aware that there are 47 things that he was never thinking about that I was always thinking about. And now I don't think about those things at all. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It really switched. You, you, uh, you did I it. I really did it. So we well, did it. We have hope for you, Natasha. I have hope for you, too. I'm, I'm what sorry about touring? I very stressed. <laughs> no, no, no. What about touring? Are you going to go back out on the road? How does that work with the baby? With um, the well, kid? I have it. 
I have a tour for my book, and I'm going to, I'll be in New York, D.C., Philly, Chicago, Boston, Nashville, and because it's a car commute, Brea, California. Um, everyone loves Brea. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, come see me now because I might not ever go back again. It could be your farewell tour, you and Elton John. Oh my God. It is not your farewell tour. I have faith. I have faith that you're going to figure it out. And also, what is that great book, Casey, that came out a couple years ago that woman wrote about domestic Eve, not Eve Ensler, because that's somebody else. But hold she's on, I'm the look vagina monologue. Yeah, I know, I know. Not she's vagina monologue. She's, she's like, uh, Eve Rodkey. Eve Rodkey. Rodkey. What's the book? Hold on, I'm looking it up. Eve Rod, Rod, Rodsky. Eve Rodsky wrote a book called Fair Play. And, oh, yes. And that, I just want to just, I'm just going to bring it up because we have never, I don't even think, talked about this on this podcast because it came out. Be- long before we were doing this pot or not long before, but before we were doing it, it's a, it's, um, a game changing solution for when you have too much to do and more life to live. And it's about, uh, the invisible work that women have shouldered forever. And, uh, and she literally like came up with this book to guide couples, like mm. how to effectively truly split the work of a house. I wonder I if it, it works. I will check it out. I mean, it's so funny. Cause like, yeah, I feel like my husband, his, like his Emma, like his mode of like life, like when he walks into a room, he's like, how can I have fun in this room? You know? <laughs> and, and my, my whole MO is like, what, how can I make this room better than I left it? Let me clean this up, pick this up, you know? So it's like, we're both going through life that way. <laughs> Right, right. I'm like, how can I, how can I like damage control, clean, make everything good for everybody else? And he's like, how, how do we have fun? And and so it's like, I I appreciate that influence. I was going to say both things are good. Right. Definitely gets old though. But you need to be able to trade Freaky Friday at once in a while. Right. And balance (laughs) and like balance is key. And like, I just think, yeah, you want to just make sure that you continue to like, find balance for yourself, but also for your kid. Cause that was the part that I got to when I was, Birdie was like around your daughter's age. When I started to notice that the way Birdie was treating me was like a little bit the way that Mark treated me mm-hmm. and maybe more than a little bit. And I was like, this isn't great. Like I don't yeah. love this. And then I also don't love this for her, that right. that's what she thinks it is like what relationships are, what marriages and what Water. a mom is. Milk. What? So the scream water demanding what demanding. Oh my gosh! But I feel like this has been a therapy session. You guys have really helped me. (laughs) Well, our copay is only twenty (laughs) dollars. But wait, before you go, because I know you're doing a ton of press, um, we always ask people to share like a little pivot story, like a lifetime pivot story. And I'm, I feel like probably going through your, uh, your journey to having a child was a big pivot for you, certainly. But do you have, do you have another story? Well, maybe I could, because I mean, that was like clearly a huge thing in my life. But I will say the thing that I realized from writing my book about that is like, 
you know, before I had a kid, I just had so much joie de vivre and I would move to New York, move to LA, go to Africa, go to Thailand, <laughs> like, like the world, like go, you know, river rafting with no helmet. Like I wasn't afraid of anything. And like, I was just so, you know, impromptu about my life. And, and now I have this kid and I'm, I didn't realize when people say you would love something more than you've ever loved something. It also meant you'd be like fearful in a way that you've never mm. been fear, fearful For before. Sure. And our love and fear interchangeable. And why do I have all this fear? I'm not a fearful person. And just like, how do I get back to the pre motherhood Natasha? Because that girl was so cool and fun. And you know, that's, that's, that's who I was on stage and that's who I was in my relationships. But then I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, you know, I didn't have a kid to stay the same. And, uh, I, I think that just that realization and like, who am I now? And like pretty much starts today. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm, I'm really like working with that idea that like maybe not mourning my past so much as like, how can I incorporate it? and make it because it's so amazing to have a kid. My, it's like, I live with this darling angel who doesn't know who Donald Trump is. Like, <laughs> yes. it's like I'm, I'm actually can touch like an, a spiritual a, a angelic being like anytime I want. Wait, and it's Natasha. I have to tell you something. Cause you just brought up Donald Trump. Cricket was, how old was cricket? Three. When Donald Trump like first showed, showed up on the scene. <laughs> Your second kid watches so much TV. This is just like they come out of the womb and you put them in front. Like you can be like, no devices, all wooden toys with your first one, like till they're five and like whatever. And then the second one comes out. It is so true. And you like park them in front of a television. So Cricket had always loved uh, SpongeBob. No, SpongeBob. No, SpongeBob. And Cricket thought, this is a true story. Stop it. I know where you're going. She thought that he was a character from Spongebob. (laughs) And was like, yes, and was so convinced of it that like for a year, she would be like, that guy is the funniest guy on Spongebob. (laughs) And I'd be like, no, 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 that's, we're watching, that's the news and that person is real. And she's like, no, no, no. With the orange skin and the yellow hair, that is a spon- that's SpongeBob. Like she thought that he oh, was like a crusty God. crab SpongeBob character. <laughs> I don't find it was so why she has mat she has, still has magical thinking. Does your kid have magical thinking? It, does that mean that she's always casting spells and thinks that she's like <laughs> Sure. I mean it's just like that they live in like some other world that we're just I'm just that, like, wait, what? What is it that you think? We're not seeing you know, yeah. like that we're not seeing. Like cricket just like the fact that she literally thought Donald Trump was a cartoon character that was living <laughs> in in the world. I mean, she's not that off. She's not <laughs> well, that is that is actually very true. But it's like, yeah, it's like that kind of stuff. Like you do have this, you have this little little perfect human that you get to look at and talk to and they say weird ridiculous things all the time and, and I know that she she call I, I call her my shadow because she's like whenever I'm like I'm going to the bathroom she like comes with and <laughs> she's just always wanting to like follow me around and you know that thing you're saying where they switch to the husband like she has not done that yet so it's been like me for five years And, you know, I'm the preferred one. She wants me to read the story, me to be there. And so, you know, it's, it's just, I guess that seems like a selfish reason to have a child. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying the experience is amazing. So I'm I to bring it back, I, I you know, how do I incorporate this into my life a little bit more and, and not just mourn for the old days when, you know, I'd go to a strip club in Thailand and like <laughs> you know, do heroin. No, I didn't do that. Honey, honey. <laughs> Well, I think I think you have to have like a little bit of recognition for the fact that like while those things were all really adventurous, this is like the biggest adventure of your life. And so it's impacting you in a different way because it's like Mm -hmm. for keeps, you know, I know you get to come back from Thailand. But, you know, like this is forever. And it's your parent forever. (laughs) It's a huge adventure. I mean, I've had my kid in eight different preschools because I'm so afraid that like I want to make sure she's in the right one. And like I'm always like moving her and like, you know, I I just there is this feeling of like I don't want to mess anything up. Oh, you, but you've no, already, you're going to mess that's up. No, but I mean, mess. no, but you've already just like by giving birth, you've messed up. Like that's the thing that's so <laughs> wonderful and freeing once you have the second kid is like why second children are so chill and rad because the parents like really let go of the idea that like your kids are in your, that your daughter's in therapy at 25 talking shit about you, Natasha, 100%. Like no there, there's, yes. Yes, my my friend, yes. And you have to like embrace it sooner rather than later because you'll drive yourself fucking crazy like trying to control the inevitable and the uncontrollable, which is just that that's an autonomous human being that's going to have their own experience of you and of life. And it'll be the most like fucking mind-blowing and heartbreaking thing that you'll ever experience, but you have to like really try to let go of the perfection for yourself because it's never going to happen. It's not possible. It's not possible. It's not possible. And you're going to fuck up. You're going to do the wrong things. And the best thing that you can do is learn how to like genuinely apologize and do better next time. You know, or like just, I, or just make fun of her on stage, or, yeah, or just make fun of her on stage, which you know is another way. Until that she she's pro- twenty one, she'll never know. She'll never know. <laughs> we always, I always joke because I'm like, Birdie doesn't listen to my fucking podcast, but you know what? You know what Birdie does do? Watch my stories. So uh, I have like so. Birdie's always been on in my Instagram, but yeah, not. But I could say anything on this podcast, and Birdie like people that know. aren't comedians or don't have a podcast, you know, they're just. Um, Put in it on Facebook. Or like making faces behind their kids' back. That was like a huge thing for me to be like. (laughs) (laughs) Every time my kids turned around. (laughs) Who hasn't given their kid the finger behind their back? I mean. That's so funny. It's true. I've never even had that instinct. But you like, will. Just you wait. Will. Just wait. <laughs> I know people are going to send emails being like, that's horrible. I can't believe you've given your kid the finger. I'm like, I do it to their face now. But back then I gave them the finger sometimes behind their back. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just wait. Just wait. It's a long, you know. Kids it's a are, long adventure. It's a long adventure. I also think there is something different about pandemic babies, like because you essentially have a pandemic baby where you guys were like, you were sort of like sheltered together, the three of you in this unit for two years, basically, right? And mm-hmm. But the years that your baby was there, she was so little. And that's when babies want and need to be like with their family. It's like what makes them the most secure. And... 
like for the older kids, the older kids are traumatized. I mean, yeah. like, oh my God, seventh grade, you just missed seventh grade or eight, middle school. I'm sure there were kids who were, yeah, because it was two years. My whole personality was developed in middle school. No, right? it's and like, you just real. missed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. For it's that. for really real. Sorry. Like, the kids, I mean, any, like, even Cricket has a lot of stuff. And she was in first grade. Yeah. Oh my God. She was in first was in grade first when the pandemic started. Yeah. She was, yeah, it was like whatever, March of first grade. And Birdie was, that was the roughest. And that was fifth grade. But we had yeah. already, this is a long story. And we don't need to get into it. But Birdie, we'd already had pulled out of school because of like bullying um, in LA. And then sixth grade started remote in LA, but then we moved to New York and they had in-person school at this school in our neighborhood in New York. Like they had really figured it out and they had such a good protocol. And so my kids, both my kids were in school in person in pods, but like with other kids in school the entire year. Amazing. None of our friends in LA, their kids didn't go back to school until the end of like almost like a year later, right, yeah. Casey? Yeah. It was like March. Yeah. Twenty one. Yeah. April I mean, or March. If that. Depending if that. on how old the kids were. They sent the little ones back sooner when really I feel like they should have sent the big ones back sooner, but whatever. I'm not who, an educator. Who knows? I mean, well, you know, it there's so many arguments for or against like any choice that anyone made. And we don't know because we've never been through this before, you know. So but your baby's just built different. You're her whole world. She doesn't oh, maybe know. Because, maybe I should I should thank the pandemic. Thank whoever is in charge of uh you know, this, this, this thing, because yes, it did definitely give me this like family feeling that, um, and you yeah. guys are just so tight. It's really, that's really nice. I like it. I like it. I like it for you. Thank you guys <laughs> for the advice. Um, but also stop switching your preschools. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also just fucking stick to a preschool. It's not that. Cause not she'll that be deep. okay. No matter what. She'll be fine. Yeah. Right. She'll be her. I mean, yeah. I mean, I totally get like birdie was like a kid. I looked at a couple preschools and I, there was this one that I, cause I'm kind of like a weird hippie and there was this one that I really wanted Birdie to go to in my head before we visited it. And then we visited it and all the kids were like dirty and like dirt and there were like animals and dirt everywhere. <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, Birdie would, <laughs> this would send Birdie into like a tailspin. The child would like, like potty trained herself at like two and a half ish yeah. because she was just like, I don't, I don't love it. I don't like wearing a diet. You know, like she was just like, or she would come with her little hands and she'd be like, we, cl- we clean my hands. We clean them. Like she was like very, Aww. she liked to sit and quietly read a book. So I found like this Montessori preschool where she just like moved beans around or whatever. And that was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> So I do get it. I get that like you yes. want to find the the best fit for your kid. But um yeah, but ultimately like they they're all fine. They just she'll need be to be all right. She'll be fine. Nobody has the answers. We're all just trying to do the best we can. Totally. Do love. What else can you do really? Nothing. I mean, I try to do those Instagram things like there's all these doctors on Instagram that are like do this with your kid. Try this three-step process so that you don't have to bribe them. Blah blah blah. And then I'll be like, "Mosha, let's try this. This is the exact moment." You know, she's crying about like not having the right oat milk or whatever. And then we try it. <laughs> it doesn't work. 
And then it's just like, okay, well, you know what? If you if you don't if you don't listen to us, you can't watch your iPad or whatever. We <laughs> just go back to bribing. But I love so. bribing. I bribing never worked with Birdie. Um, there was nothing you could like take away or give Birdie that was worth it. If right. Birdie had like their mindset on something, Cricket would do a bribe, and I milked M and M's with Cricket <laughs> like. Yes. I can't even, the fact that the kid thought that one M&M was like special at this point, I'm like, oh, that's so <laughs> insane. But when she was little, little, like, you know, three or whatever, I would be like, Cricket, I have an M&M. <gasps> what do you say? We put your shoes away, you know? And then it was just like done. I love a bribe sometimes. It's a reward. Then, it's a reward. I'll, like, I'll bribe to take away the iPad, but then I'm like, oh, never mind, Because... <laughs> Because that makes iPad, your life harder. Yes. Like every time you give them the iPad, like you get a rest. So it's yes. like, I deserve yes. this break. So let's Natasha, Casey never had iPads. Like, <laughs> her children, her children never had iPads. No iPads. No iPads. But you yeah, know what? Like, look at them. They're like, it's grandma's birthday coming up. <laughs> so but true. But you know what is true it's though? true. We did install a little, like, you know, those space saver televisions that you can install in your kitchen. We installed mm-hmm. that over our son's bed because he just was like a wild insomniac. And he was like, Aww. if I had a TV to watch, I would stay in bed. And so, like, other people, I think, would be like, that's blasphemous. That's insane. Why would you ever do that? And we were like, if that kid wants to watch Nick at Night, in the middle of the night, if he wants to watch a couple episodes of is the Golden Eli? Girls, yeah. Why it, is why is Eli? Why are Eli and Birdie the exact same child? They are. They're made of the same stuff. So and Lincoln weird. and Cricket are really similar too. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. But I think this is a much larger conversation for another episode. I think like rewards and bribes and consequences are all very closely tied, and they're useful in some instances and hurtful in some instances, and it's very much like what we do for rewards and bribes and consequences in Mm -hmm. as like adults which I think we often hold kids to like other standards that we're like pushing the boundaries on as adults all the time yes I agree we gotta let you go we gotta let you go okay guys get the book okay go it was so great to see you so much where and where do you you. get tickets for the tour the book tour um to my website natashaleggero.com come see me on tour each each uh ticket comes with a book Buy my book. I'm reading the audiobook. It's comedic essays on parenting. And I poured all of my life into this for the past three years. So I hope everybody loves it. Congratulations, um, Natasha. Congratulations. It was so nice having yeah, it was you. So good to see you. Thank you, girls. Okay, I'll see you soon. Talk Bye. to you soon. Bye. market is changing. The home market is changing. The home market is changing. That's what I know. And how do I know? Because David Sedoni is telling me. Biz, did you see that our listener reached out on Twitter to say that they never thought that they would be able to buy a home? And thanks to hearing about the How to Buy a Home podcast on our podcast and learning about David Sedoni, that person became a big super fan and was able to buy a home. I didn't see that. And I'm so glad you just told me that. That makes me (laughs) so happy. It made me happy too. Yeah. Now is the time, according to David and I guess other people, but he's the expert. So I listened to him. (sighs) 
you got to you got to start planning so that it, you can take advantage in 2023 because the market is a changing. Yeah. Competition's the, less fierce in some areas prices are dropping. Finally. You start planning now to take advantage. It's why we keep recommending the How to Buy a Home podcast. I am the daughter of a realtor. <laughs> and I love how easy David Sedoni makes it for anyone, first-time home buyers especially, to understand the market and to get in it. Yeah, because it everybody's, the, everybody's, everybody's intimidated. Yeah, but also like it's so, it's, it is, it's like infuriating when you look at the rent that you waste. Right. You know, and then you think, well, why can't I just buy a house? Right. But it's not that, you know, it's complicated. They make it's, it hard on purpose, always. That's the, the stuff worth having is all difficult right. on purpose. Right. But you just got to be smarter than that. And thankfully you are because David Sedoni is on your side. He can guide you through steps that are right for you, whether you're planning to buy a house now or in five years from now. And he could even connect you with a great realtor in your town that works with first-time home buyers and actually cares about you. Plus, he just released a first-time home buyer starter kit at howtobuyahome.com, which is a free resource with all the knowledge you need to buy your first home. Thousands of people have already taken advantage of the starter kit. It can help you too. Start planning this holiday season for your new home at howtobuyahome.com and make this the last year that you rented. Find How to Buy a Home on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. You know what I love most about getting gifts and giving gifts? What? I like gifts that also give back or support nonprofits or charitable organizations. That makes me feel the best. I agree. I think that's so wonderful. And that's one of the reasons why I love Thrive Cosmetics, because that's always been their mission. I mean, cause is in the product <laughs> name, basically. It's literally in the name. It's literally in the name. And it's in the name for a reason. Every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive. In case you didn't know, Thrive Cosmetics makes high-performance beauty and skincare products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. They have no parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. Uh, they're certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, so they're good for anyone. They are good for anyone. And when Cricut turns to makeup, I'm going to turn Cricut onto Thrive Cosmetics because Cricut's like allergic to um, sulfates. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, well, she is. She's allergic she's, to sulfates. And like, it, it, sulfates are in so many things. I mean, she has to like have special toothpaste and blah, 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 blah. Right. So like lip, lip stuff. I've been using the hydrating lip tint on, on Cricut just because, just because I know it's free of all of the junk um, I also am truly obsessed with the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, the yeah. first vegan tubing mascara. I'm obsessed with tubing mascara. I've long time been a fan because I uh, have a really oily face and it always makes mascara run under my eyes. I never know. And I'm walking around like looking like Alice Cooper. Tubing mascara doesn't do that. It's incredible. It's great. It looks great. Um, and for every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help communities thrive. They have over... 
300 giving partners across the country supporting numerous causes, which we really, really love. I was just looking at the different places that they donate to. Yeah. And it's like everything that you would hope. They donate to these partners, their causes that they've identified, um, thanks to like input from the people buying their products, fighting cancer, LGBTQIA advocacy, education, surviving domestic abuse, emerging from homelessness, underserved marginalized youth, racial and social justice, adjusting to life outside the uniform, all great causes, and they spread it out with their impact committee. But it's like really so cool. Okay, guys. Celebrate the season of giving and try Thrive Cosmetics today. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash best. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash best for 15% off your first order. That's great. Get it. Thrive. Go Thrive. Natasha's so fun. I'm so happy that I she know. wrote that book and she had uh she it's out now and you can listen to their podcast. She's so um, funny. Yeah. What else is going on with you? You solved a crime? Oh my god, I forgot to talk about the crime. It's not that big of a deal. What was the crime? I woke up and I went to get coffee and I, as soon as I walked out of the kids' house, I was like, "Oh my god." The People that have a Tesla across the street, like the Tesla was like fully smashed, you know, <gasps> oh, no. like from someone smashing it on yeah, the like street, a hit, you know, a hit uh-huh. and run. Yeah. And then I was like, we have cameras. Yeah. Like our house has, we installed a full security system thing. Yeah. That, and like if we, it, okay, TBH, it uses too much like Wi-Fi or whatever to like have, you know, like how you could have like a monitor where you just have the, how, how you see on TV shows or whatever that yeah, like yeah. you could be watching yes. the live feed of the cameras all from the your time. panic room. Yes. Right. Which in our case would just be like my pantry and it doesn't <laughs> lock. Um, but it takes up, it uses too much of the internet Wi-Fi. juice yeah, or yeah, Wi-Fi. Yeah. So, and like we have so many people streaming so many things at all times. Yeah. Um, so we don't have it hooked up all the time, but you know, we've been assured by the company that we pay (laughs) that it exists, you know, and that if we need to, we can like access any of the information and download it. Right. Yeah. And so a little bit, I was like, like almost as soon as I saw it, I was like, it was directly across from our house. Uh And I was like, we should have this on tape for like one of the cameras. But then it was just a process of, like, figuring out how to do it. Like, yeah. because we had never done it before. But it was good yeah. because now we know that it really works. So anyway. Wait, can I interrupt you? hmm Are you going to download yourself falling down the stairs? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's got to be on there, right? Well, no. It was it 30 days ago? I don't know. No, Shit. I don't think so. Shit. Hold on. I'm texting Mark immediately. <laughs> it's an emergency. Jeez. 
Wait. You can probably access the footage of me falling down the stairs. Oh, my God. How did we not think of it? Well, because I was, like, essentially traumatized. (laughs) You were traumatized, which, I mean, it may re-traumatize you, or it could go, like, super viral. You don't know. I hate, can I just say, before I even get, Mark just said, oh my God, I'm about to look. (laughs) Can I just say this? Uh, I really don't like, like people posting, people like falling horribly, hurting themselves. Like I don't, I really don't like it. You were not on America's Funniest Home Videos. No, I was not. Well, I was, I was, uh, but I wasn't. I never liked the like hitting the balls, falling yeah. on a fence, like yeah. someone truly like almost being murdered or whatever. Right. Like that. Okay, wait, I'm gonna tell him the date. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's actually okay. Um no, oh, he's like, I'm concerned it was too long ago. Anyway. Oh man. H- how did I not now I'm now I'm upset. Now I'm upset. I, what was a nice story is now anyway. <laughs> I was like expecting, I didn't know if we would be able to see anything or like what, whatever. It was so yeah. clear. We we found it. Like when we found when oh, the car was wow. hit. We had to like keep going. You scroll back and back and back. Yes. And then, um, well, I don't know. I'd never done this before. Yeah. And, uh, and then we noticed like when the car was moved, basically. You know what I mean? Right. right. Um, and so then we would, and then we went forward from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually super depressing for the people. Um, it was a fire truck. Oh, no. But also, yeah. like, maybe someone will take responsibility. But, like, how could a fire truck hit a whole car and not notice? Seems like maybe they did know. Um, they were on their way to a whatever emergency a they were on their way yeah. to. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway. I think it's more like for our neighbors, they were very grateful. And yeah. uh and also I think it's just like easier for their insurance company. Yes. To, you know, because then to, they can just claim yeah. it and do whatever they do. Yeah. Um I can't believe it never occurred to us to look at me falling down the stairs. That's so stupid. It's Fuck. not. I mean, we have cameras in front of our house, and I know for a fact that we all do dumb shit in front of those cameras, forgetting that they're there all the time, and we just never think. But I mm. have realized that I think my husband sees every like incident on his phone, and so he is very generous not to uh, be showing those around the dinner table, like every time someone picks their wedge or whatever, like on the front walk. I mean, you know, your wedge is like not that deep. Like, it's not that deep, but I'm just down an entire flight of stairs. Is yes, agreed. Maybe a look. You agreed. Know? I'm just saying it's very easy to forget the cameras are there, and I don't think we would pick our wedgies if we knew if we remembered that the cameras mm. were there. So it doesn't surprise me that you forgot the cameras were there and captured your entire incident, possibly. Oh, God, uh, well. Now I'm going to have it in the forefront of my mind. Also, here's a Taylor Swift uh, ticket update from Mark. He finally got in. They're they're all gone. <laughs> oh my god! Do so you think thanks they'll a do lot, Ticketmaster? Do you think they'll do another drop of tickets or? I fucking hate them. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> 
That's very, <sighs> that's very shitty. annoying. It's very shitty. It's and, very shitty. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. Me too. Um, yeah. That's such a bummer. Boo. What else? Anything else happening? What's happening there? What's <laughs> happening here? Um, just, you know, took down the 12 foot skeleton because Halloween is over. Um, you weren't going to put a Santa hat on him? A lot of people sent me a lot of potential <laughs> Christmas and Thanksgiving. Thi- Listen, I don't do that. I don't mix holiday decorations. I just don't. I posted on Instagram that I appreciated everyone's enthusiasm, but uh, look what happened when Jack Skellington tried to take over Christmas. It wasn't great. It wasn't good. So, uh, yeah, so I'm not a, I like a quaint Christmas decoration. I don't like um, a skeleton in a Santa hat. The kids did have a funny idea of making like a Grinch skin to put over it to make like a 12 foot tall <laughs> Grinch, um, which I was like, truly insane. That's a little humorous, but it was, it was too big of a job that it was just an idea. And they didn't do it. But I did see on my 12-foot skeletons Facebook group, someone did make a Grinch, a custom Grinch skin to put over their 12-foot skeleton. And it looks great. But I don't want, like, I, the Grinch is scary in another way. He's not scary in, like, a looming size way. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, He's scary because uh, his bitterness and his origin story often get the better of him and uh, cause him to to act out, to lash out um, to to people that don't deserve it or to who's who don't deserve it. But anyway, I ordered um, a giant wreath for the side of my house, for the broad side of my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked my family to vote. They all voted for a pink wreath. I offered gold or pink and they chose pink. Um, I think it's fitting with a mid-century modern house. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to do that. Got some mm-hmm. wrapping paper. It seems like everyone is chomping at the bit for the holiday season this year. And I wondered what that was about. Um, I don't know. People just seem ready to have like a I think more people are traveling. Yeah. Is what I think. Yeah. I think people are traveling and are making plans, like big plans for the holidays. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am struggling. You're struggling because you have so much to do or because you plan too much? You bit off more than you could chew? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... It's all weird, you know? It's the first different holiday in your family. No, not really. That was last year, remember? We just mm-hmm. didn't... I don't think we yeah, told I guess, people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the first one where everyone knows. I don't know. It's still... It's not as much that. It's not as much that as it is more just like, everything is so fucking expensive. Yeah. I'm trying to get out of debt still. I like have some jobs coming up, which are really great. You and I are doing some jobs together. Super excited. Like commercial jobs, guys. Yeah. Um, and that's all good. But then I'm just like, I also just feel like this time is really stressful for people and it's stressful for me, like because of money. Like it's just yeah. so expensive. It's so expensive yeah. to travel. It's expensive to like... I don't know. Just do anything. Do anything. Yeah. yeah. And and I know I'm super privileged too, but I am also trying to get out of doubt. But like, yeah. yeah, 
Your privilege oh, no. got you into debt by the, my, you know what I mean? Well. In a way. My, well, yes. I would you, say my ADD is as much to blame. <laughs> but if you were less privileged, you wouldn't have had that access. You wouldn't, people wouldn't have told you yes so much, I feel like. Is that fair to say? Well, part of it is my taxes, which yeah. I wasn't paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like you, uh, that was like ADD. Yeah, yeah. I get it though. I get. I, I understand how. I understand how it happens for people who aren't necessarily that privileged. But I can also understand how it happened for you. I'm not denying my privilege, Casey. You know, I would never. No, would I never. know. I'm of just course. saying that. Like, there are lots of factors. But the tax situation is like a big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm trying to like dig the hole of. Yeah. Yeah. Dig you're you're trying to get yourself out of a hole that you dug previously. I mean it was being dug, whether yeah. or not I dug it. Right. You know. Right. The hole got dug. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Let's not point fingers on who dug the hole. I mean, partially it's my fault. Obviously, it's my fault. All of it's my fault in many ways, but like not paying attention is, and someone else is digging a hole is like, that's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Oh. But anyway, so I'm just kind of like stressed. And yeah. then I found all of these like points that I have. Uh huh. Here's what I'm struggling with too. I need like, I need like that point person to like explain to me how best to use my points and status like why is all this shit hard like it just shouldn't be this difficult because I mean because the because the companies don't want to like it's like insurance they don't actually want to like deliver on what they are can I tell you a little bit of good news yes the points guy recently or is about to have a baby but once that all settles down he is coming on the podcast what he is. <laughs> is that exciting? Not in time for the holidays because he's about to become a dad. But yes, he's he's scheduled. He's tentatively scheduled to come on the podcast and explain oh to us God. all how to take advantage of points. That is so exciting! Wait, Sarah Bareilles was nominated for a Grammy. Oh, that's so great for Into the Woods. Congratulations, Sarah Bareilles. Well, okay, wait. So that's exciting, but that's not going to help me this week, which is that I'm coming to LA. Yes. And I have I have good status on an airline. Yeah. And so I get like automatically upgraded. Okay. But so then I was like, I'm so confused. Like, so then I buy... It makes sense to buy. Oh my god! This, see, guys, this is where this is where the ADD comes in. I'm like, <laughs> I literally was like, on. the sirens are going on. I'm like, what's happening? The heat <sighs> clanking away. Super Mario Brothers down in your basement. I was just like, I guess I buy the the coach ticket, right? I pay for. Oh no! Now I'm burping. I'm like Fred Durst. Fred Durst. No, it's not even Fred Durst. Robert Durst. Guys, we're quitting. I'm quitting. I'm quitting the podcast. I'm quitting. I'm so sorry. probably burps so sometimes. Sorry. Oh, my God. You guys, Fred Durst fully burps. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Okay. So you buy the ticket. Buy the t- so the but like I was just having such an issue. Like I'm like so I buy the, I have to buy the ticket. I buy a coach ticket. Yeah. And then I just pray that I'm going to get upgraded, I guess. I guess that's what happens, right? But that's the best thing for I think for my status. Yeah. I don't know cuz to be honest, I've like, never I'm like literally in like a middle seat right now in coach. Listen to me. If it was if it was a if it was a 2 hour flight, if it was two and a half hour flight, I would right. be like that's fine. This is that flight, this fucking flight how do I know? How do I look at how long this flight is? It's like at least six hours. It's at least six hours, Casey. I'm not sitting in between two fucking strangers in coach for six hours. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Death That's be why you damned. Just stand in the galley with the flight attendants chatting for five hours. Oh my God. I would. Being, being like, can I help you pass out nuts? Birdie used to be such a, before the pandemic, when she was little, they used to let Birdie help, like, do the service. It was really cute every time we would fly. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, that's a rough one. I hope you do get upgraded. I have, uh, I'm being honest with you, like, I travel so much less than you do and so much less than you have in your lifetime that I've never, like, I don't think I've ever accrued enough points to, like, use for anything. So I don't know know how you, I've used other people, I've used David Letterman's points before, but never my own. That's impressive. I mean, I just feel like I just. uh, I'm a little concerned about this flight. I think what I did was the wrong thing. I think I didn't pick the flight that had the most available seats entirely. I see. And I think I'm fucked. So I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do now. Oh, man. I could switch. I could. Mm, could I, I could switch to a really, really early flight. Right. And then I think my chances get better. Right. And there's lots of seats open. Oh, boy. It's it's a really tough choice. This is like some, some might say the toughest of choices. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you want to get up early like that. Well. I mean, if I was in first class, then you'd feel better about it. Maybe. Uh, I don't understand what flagship business is. I don't know. You have to look. Don't they have like a comparison chart of like what the different things mean? Lie flat seat with direct aisle access. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, this is like, guys, this is where we're at. I, I have been unable, I've been, my travel has literally paralyzed me. You're frozen. I'm frozen. I, I haven't been able to, I might, I, because also like I'm trying so hard to like be frugal and like not spend money where I don't need to spend money. And, and also, can we hold two things at once? And also, <laughs> I do not want to fly in a middle seat and coach. And I don't think that that's, unreasonable for me to not want to do that, especially since I do have like really high status on these airlines and I have points and shit. Yeah. I need to figure out. I would like to point out that nobody wants to do that. So you're far from alone. I don't know. I don't, I think it'd be, 
We don't know that. I'd like to meet the person who is like, yes, please, middle seat in coach. That's my dream between two strangers. It's it's brutal. It's the, I mean, unless you know one or the other or both people that you're between, it's it's not great. It's not great. There are no benefits to being in the middle seat. If anyone can name a benefit to being in a middle seat, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, there's no fucking benefit. It sucks so hard. Why Why do they even have middle seats? It's only okay. It's only okay if it's if it's a dog. Yes, that's that would a be. A dog or right. a baby baby. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the chances of that? I mean, not knocking, on, knocking on wood for you, but probably not. <sighs> probably not. I think the only benefit is sometimes people are a little nice to you because you're in the middle seat because they're like, oh, fuck, the middle seat's the worst. I have to be like nice to this person. So yeah. sometimes people are like a little bit sweet. Which are you? Are you an aisle or a window? What do you think I am? I want to ask you that. What I'm going to say about me? aisle because of IBS. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You got to blow right. up that airplane <laughs> bathroom. <laughs> well, not even that. Like, I, it's, you, Just know, you know how much I have to pee, too. I have yeah. pee. I have mage pee anxiety. You know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm aisle, too. I prefer aisle because, like, looking out the window is nice, but I've seen it. All the clouds look the same, so... I'm going to I'm going to opt for ability to pee every time. That makes es- sense. Especially on JetBlue where you have like unlimited drinks. You can just get your own drink, stay super hydrated, but you have to pee like 9 times. It's no problem if you're on the aisle. Now that I wear masks so much on my flights, true. like I don't drink as much. It's true. It's true. I just take like little weird sips. And I think I'm going to really mask up on these flights just because this shit is not going away. Well, and also just all the shit. People are getting RSV yeah. and flu and yeah. little kids are getting all kinds of shit. And this is terrible. It's I brutal. Don't wanna, I don't want the flu. Also, by the way, remember me? <laughs> you were masking before the pandemic on flights. I was masking before the pandemic on flights, especially when I was... Um, Flying during like cold and flu season. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> because uh, contrary to what people would have you believe, um, masking still protects from a number of airborne illnesses. That is why medical professionals wear them during such things as surgery and physical examinations. <laughs> so... Anytime you want to tell yourself how much it doesn't work, how much it isn't a perfect system, no shit. Condoms aren't a perfect system either for preventing pregnancy. And yet, and yet, they are helpful. And yet, and yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, I'm sorry mm-hmm. that you're stressed about your, I'm excited that you're going to be here. I'm excited I'm going to be here. You and I get to work in person on some stuff. And then also, I get my nachos. You get your nachos and it's Emily Beebe's birthday. It's Emily Beebe's birthday. I already gave her her... Um... You gave her her gift? Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of the cocktails for Emily Beebe's birthday dinner. What? Yeah. 
I didn't that's know that. what I, I made. I mean, I volunteered myself like to be like in charge of that. I offered to be in charge of that. Okay, here's what I'm doing. And I need you guys to just bear with me. I'm changing <laughs> my flight so that I'm on a better flight with more room in main cabin and also a few more seats available in the upper cabins. Great. And I feel as though my possibility for being upgraded is going to be greater because the of the seat situation. Okay. All right. Okay. Continue. I'm going to do with, it. I'm with God. doing it. And then this way I'm not spending money. Right. In fact, I actually just made $37. Wow. You just need that to was, do that like 100,000 more times. Or get the fucking cereal company to pay me finally. <laughs> you know how many people have been like, I have to know what the cereal company is. Like literally like on the street. Not even a joke. Like people on the street. Oh my God. That is hilarious. A lot of people asked me too. And I was like, I'm never going to tell you, but also I feel like you could just know. Oh, my, I would, that's what I said to my mom. And my mom's like, busy. I can't, I don't have time to figure that out. (laughs) Just tell me. I'm like, all right, mama. Oh, who knew that serial gossip was so hot. Serial gossip is the hottest of the gossip. <laughs> By the way, fuck that serial company, man. <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I'll say it. People figured it out online. I saw. I'm I sure. Saw it. I'm sure. People always, people it. always solve these, solve these mysteries. Oh, speaking of which, who was rude to Glennon Doyle and Abby Wambach's like podcast producer lady, and they decided not to have her on the podcast last week? That's a really good question. I did not figure that one out. Oh. But I'm going to look in the comments because I bet someone smarter than I will figure it out, will have figured it out. Or it's fun to just speculate. That's a situation where it's fun to wildly speculate and it's basically harmless to everyone except for their producer who <clears throat> was, you know, someone was poorly behaved toward them. Yeah, I don't like rude people, guys. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, no, shocking. Who, I know who does. Who does? And yet, sometimes some people I'm, think it's funny. Sometimes I'm rude, so, you which are? I hate. Do yeah, you know? I mean, I don't know. Like sometimes I can be short with people, and I really, I hate it because I'm like, this is like one of my most hated things, and here I am doing it. Like I don't like it. Mm. I don't. But you know, I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt when they're like curt because I'm like you just never know the day that someone's having but you can also tell when someone's like like rudeness is like their default like that's their has personality that ever, has that ever happened where like you're friends with someone and then you see how they interact in public with somebody yes. else and then you're yes. like oh no I can't be friends with this person anymore yes or you're like not that I can't but like this is deeply upsetting. Yeah, I've had that. And I've also had like people will like share vicious gossip about someone that I consider like a level of friendship with them that would be like equal to my friendship with them. And then I'm like, oh, so they would just do this about me too. If I was having like a down moment or if I had any story worth telling, they would t- 
tell it in a second. So yeah, it's rough. And then like, how do you, how do you distance yourself at that point? I feel bad. Like, I don't know. I've had a, I've had a friend, you know, this, like I've had a friend who like sort of repeatedly would talk out of, would like say things I had told her. Yeah. Like other, other people. Yeah. And I, it really has, I mean, it really has changed. Like I really think I'd really take a, a beat before I tell that person anything now. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because I notice a lot of people now say, like, obviously, this is just between us and I'm telling you this in confidence, which always, like, for a second, it makes me kind of, like, defensive because I'm like, you think I would tell? You know what I mean? But that being said, like, I don't blame people for clarifying because how many times have you heard someone say in response to, like, I can't believe you told so-and-so that thing that I told you. You didn't tell me not to tell anyone. And it's like, well, I mean, I thought it went without saying. It was, like, private and personal between two people. I didn't realize that we needed some type of uh, non-disclosure contract. I think I, I think I typically now do try to say that, I guess. Yeah. But that's so dumb. I agree. It sucks. It does but suck. But I think yeah. breaking yourself of gossip is an act of defiance <laughs> to the patriarchy. Probably breaking recommend. yourself of rudenesses too. If you think about it, maybe. Oh, men are so rude. <laughs> you can't just go, go around James Cordoning it up everywhere. Bless. Did you see he went in at, in, like, speaking of Into the Woods, that he went on stage? He oh, I in. didn't see. Oh, my God. I saw Funny Girl. Oh, my God. How was Leah Michelle? I mean, fucking amazing. Was she? That's... Yeah. I have nothing. I'm Guys, I'm just saying this purely from a... Yeah. ...performance standpoint. Yeah. She was incredible. Rosie, I saw that Rosie saw her in it too and and said that she was amazing. It was like, it was, it was the thing. Like it was a thing. Like it yeah. was exactly what you want that show to be. Which by the way, I fully did not really remember. I know I'd seen Funny Girl yeah. like many years ago when I was a kid. Um, the movie with Barbara Streisand. But um <laughs> I didn't remember that, like, really the plot of the movie is that the man she's in love with, like, can't handle that she's more successful than her. Yeah. And it, like, emasculates him to the point that he, like, literally commits fraud and goes to jail for five years. And, like, her mom is like, maybe you let him have a win every once in a while. Would it kill you? You know? And I was just like, what the fuck is this? This sucks. (sighs) The story, I mean. A different time. No, it's not. That's the thing. No, I know. I know. Well, it, but it's so interesting. Like, yeah, it's not a contest. It's not. No, the, Here's what not I in, think. Here's what I weren't, think. They weren't in competition. Right. They weren't even in the same fucking business. But here's here's what I want to say. And, I'm, and I say this as a, as a person who has been very successful <laughs> for a long time. And, and haven't dated that much, right? But truly, because I was like, you know, I got married, whatever. But, and I have lots of female friends 
who also were in my industry and made a lot of money, you know, and many times were more successful than their partners. Yeah. I have found, and maybe this, maybe a younger generation is a little different. I've found that thing to hold true even for the most like, like, like liberal or like, wokest dudes or what feminist guys who like identify as feminists blah 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 yeah that when it comes down to it they like act out in a bunch of different fucking shitty ways when they're when they feel like emasculated or whatever because their girlfriend or wife makes so much more money than them and is like so much more successful than they are. Yeah. Even if, even if they're not in the same career, because a lot of friends that I've had, you know, have dated men outside of being actors. Right. Although that's its own beast. Right. But I've, ha- but I've had that experience myself personally. Yeah. Where it's like, and they never, because they like consider themselves to be like good dudes. Like, right. here's what I'll say. At least Fanny Bryce's husband is like, owns it yeah he's like, he's like he's like honest about it yeah i mean they literally he sings a song like i'm a man you're a woman <laughs> like, it's like pretty pretty clear what his issue is yeah but like what always has been part of the gaslighting of like women of our generation is this thing with men where they're like it has nothing to do with the fact that you make more money than me or more successful than it's me i'm you so don't happy for you time for i'm me so fucking i'm so yeah. happy for you yeah it's that it's X, Y, and Z. It's this. It's that. It's yeah. this other thing. That is somehow also still like, your fault. <laughs> which, yeah. Which, by the way, if like they could just own up to it and acknowledge it, probably it would get a little bit fucking better. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Probably it's like, it's like, it's like anything. It's like anxiety. Like once you acknowledge what is actually happening, yeah. you're like, ooh, I feel a little bit lighter it somehow. It takes away the power. The yeah. The power like I, is gone. Like I hate to admit this, but I feel a little bit weird that you make so much more money than Like it makes I me do. feel like, I know. And it's gross because we're, I'm, it's, what are, what am I even, I know in my head. And that's the part that I think they get hung up on, right? Is that they're like, they think they're better than their ingrained misogyny, which right. is like, it's not, uh, th- that's, it's not a judgment about you. You can't help what you've been like weirdly programmed with since birth by our culture. Right. But what you, all you can control is like how you're able to meet it, acknowledge it, and then like move through it. Because I have to tell you, it is so fucking frustrating when you're in a relationship with somebody who can't, refuses to, or can't, just literally can't see the truth of what the motivation is behind their behavior and that it's like their own internalized misogyny. Right. And it's only, like, I really do find it to be a thing that still exists and is hard for so many. Well, because people just lie to themselves about what's happening. You know, they're just, and it's so weird to be in that position, like, as a woman, because, like, as a woman, you know how arbitrary it is. You know how many, you, okay, so when you're successful, sometimes 
usually it's because you've been working so hard and doing mm-hmm. the work and someone recognized it and so you're rewarded for it. That's but also right. sometimes somebody doesn't work so hard and they become massively successful and you have to reckon with that. Also, sometimes somebody works really hard, puts in the work, works toward it for years and years, and they're not either financially successful or Mm -hmm. like culturally successful. Like they're all they get back is like, you have to keep working, you know? And so you, as a woman, you realize like how arbitrary it is and how lucky you are when you succeed in any way that you do. And I think women are more keenly aware of like, this could all go away. This could, you know, I could be this right now. And then, in five years, I could have to be thinking of like, well, what's my pivot? Like, what's my totally new thing that I have to do? And and so I think that's a thing that women are thinking of all the time. And so to have somebody punish you for something that is like, weirdly arbitrary but also but like but then the this is where i'm saying like as as a woman or like and i've i've definitely experienced this myself and then i've definitely seen it the added mind fuck of the gaslighting of the person being like this has nothing to do with that what, are you right. crazy? Of right. course I'm so happy that you're so successful. What? I only want the best for you. You know, and like, so they put it on all of these other things and you turn yourself into a goddamn pretzel trying to like figure out how to make the other things that they are saying are lacking. Yeah. yeah. To fit a thing that's like actually just disingenuous because it's never going to work because what at the core of it, it yeah. is, is a thing they are incapable of looking at. Do you feel like you have a set of red flags that like you now with the benefit of experience that you would like tell people to, I feel like I have a few. I feel like anyone that picks a fight with you before a big thing. uh, Oh, this is for me. (laughs) Well, I think for anyone, I've heard so many people say it and they're like, it was just bad timing. And I'm like, no, that person, here's the thing. If someone really loves you and they know that you have a big, presentation or audition or whatever the fuck they know you have a big meeting somewhere where you have to crush it they won't even have an ill-timed fight with you before that they will say i know that this person i love has a big thing coming up this talk about the towels on the bathroom floor can wait until this is over right so i think you're right with that yes anyone who picks a big fight also sometimes oh, a really sneaky motherfucker will um, try to sometimes, I've noticed, plan like a nice thing that you'd be an asshole for saying no to. That's right. But it's like, oh, I'm going to take you away on a vacation. And you're like, oh, that is so amazing. It's right in the middle of this big project Mm -hmm. that I planned. And like, you said that I never do anything nice for you. Now I try to do something nice for you. And like, you're throwing it back in my face. And you're like, yeah, but you know that like, I'm in the middle of this big project. So those are like my two biggest red flags. And whenever anyone says you're crazy, or I mean, I know it's so basic, but like, how could you say that? How could you think that you're crazy? Any of those phrases always raises a huge flag, red flag for me. Because I think that if someone's really thinking about it and really being honest, they know even if something that you think isn't 
necessarily true or they don't believe mm-hmm. it's true, no one would ever ask you how you could say or think something. They would understand how you could say or think that. And they would be like, I see what you're saying. It's, I don't think it's true, but let's have a talk about it. They're like, all of those phrases are like shutting down phrases. Like, the problems with you and your little brain is broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. So those are like my three big red flags for that. But, and I don't know what the cure is. I don't know what, you know, (sighs) I mean, I, I guess your mileage will vary from situation to situation, but I do know that you should probably shut it down. It's so exhausting to even think of, you know? It's exhausting, and it's also, like, the onus is always on us yes. still. To fix you it. You know? Yes. To fix or it and to initiate. To, I, the- to initi- and identify, to identify, to initiate. Like, it's all always on us. Yeah. And, like, the possibility for it to be turned on us in a terrible way is always there too. Yeah. And that's a bummer. Yeah. It just is, it's just hard out there to be a lady in this society. I mean, (laughs) I've been thinking a lot about it and I've decided it's hard. It's very hard. I mean, like I, I love that song. I think that could be in funny girl too. Mm -hmm. electric boogaloo. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the, I think you're writing the sequel I've as we're... I've been thinking a lot about <laughs> it. Turns out it really sucks. I will say, I mean, my husband is amazing. He's my favorite person. But we certainly have had our share of these, like, struggles. And, like, I, you know, like I've said before on this podcast, he's a good guy. He was raised well. He was raised to by a feminist mom and to think of things the way that I think I think of things. And still, just by being like a white guy in America, I think a lot of things got put on him, like expectations that he had for himself and like whatever frustrations he had at a certain point in his life. Like, I don't think he knew where to put them. And a lot of times he put them in me and on me. And like... I just dealt with it. And a lot of like telling me when I was like, it seems like you have an issue with me. Like the way that you're saying this to me seems like you have an issue with me. And he would always say, no, no, no. I d- That's not at all what I meant. And, you know, and at some point, well, I mean, listen, real talk, like at some point, it was our older son getting old enough to be like, no, dad, you did say that to her like that. And then there was no, you know, it wasn't like a he said, she said kind of thing anymore. It was like, okay, well, now, now you got me. And, you know, and and it may very well be that he didn't know that he was doing that. Because, like I said, like, I think he always loved me and always wanted the best for me. But he had, like, all of this, all of these own issues that he, his own issues that he hadn't dealt with. And so there came a time when I was like, this is gonna, well, that was the time when when Eli was like, no, that's exactly how you just said that to her. And, you know, and Eli's like, you know, I don't know how old he was. He was a he was a young teenager. And so like he had like that sort of authority to be like, "No, you can't tell me 
what that I saw something different than what I said, you know, so that was like a big moment for us. And then I just said, like, you know, this has to change now, like, because this is something that I've been saying for a long time. And so it's it has to be different. I don't know how it's gonna get different, but it has to it has to be different, like tomorrow, like when we wake up tomorrow, that this can never happen again. And it's so lucky that that worked. Yes, it did. I mean, to his credit, it totally worked. But also there have been moments where I was like, it fucking sucks that we had to go through it for so long before I had like a backup witness. Right. Who like agreed with me and it could have gone another way. So it kind of sucks that we got to that point where we had like lived like that for so long. But to his credit, he changed that behavior right away. And, you know, but also there have been a million times where I was like, why couldn't that have been different? Like from the first time I ever pointed it out or the thousandth time. Right. You know? And like I said, this is like a good guy that I am crazy about. And so like that probably has a lot to do with uh, why I put up with, whatever like the 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 back and forth on it but um but you know i can say that i'm a lot a lot uh wilder about him now than i was then he well, you know and isn't that just literally what you would hope yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's the goal. Oh, believe me, so many times i think about like, you know, if we if he had been like I can't be, I can't change this about myself. I can't do any better. I can't do differently. And he had, like, if we had split up and then he had a relationship with someone else who got the benefit of all of that, t- talk about, like, I would have torn my own hair out. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, I do. <laughs> I know you know what I mean. I'm sure that's like thought has crossed your mind a million times, you know? And he not a million, but some, but sometimes, but uh, yeah, but I, you know, but I also now I'm like I've come to terms with that. Even you know, yeah, yeah. Like I was really bummed about that for a a a minute. Yeah, but now I feel like I've come to terms with that, and I'm just like, you know what? We're all it's it's we're all happier now. Yeah, and like will continue to be happier. Yes. And, and so, yeah, that's the... I I do want to say, like, I think this is true for you as well, and it's true for me. My husband has made me a better person in a million ways as well. You know what I mean? Like, never, <laughs> never in a way where uh, I feel like he had to, like, give me an ultimatum or something uh, like I'm describing, but he has made me much more patient and much more fair to people, which I know sounds kind of weird considering all that I just said, but he, he really has, you know, he just has, he sees the good in people. uh, He always has. And I wasn't always necessarily like that. When I came to him, I didn't trust anyone. You know, when we met each other, I didn't trust anyone. And he is the person that was like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you have to trust people. And like, even after they fuck up, you like still have to like, give them a chance to earn back your trust because you can't just throw everyone out. I was a big thrower outer before. And that's, 
no way to live, in my opinion. So I'm very grateful to him. He made me a lot better person in a lot of ways. But, you know, it takes a long fucking time. And there is a lot of shit always to work out. Even when you're starting from a, you know, from a pretty good place. Yeah. And a lot of it does fall to women to, like, insist upon. I know. And that's where it gets hard. And if someone doesn't respect your insistence, then then what the fuck do you do? You know? What do you do? I mean, I guess you you just leave. I, I guess if you can, <laughs> if you can, if you're if you're lucky, but it's I really I feel for women. We've been shouldering a big boulder for a long time and, you know, and I'm very relieved that the the election kind of took a little weight off of everyone's backs, but we'll see. We'll see how how it goes. What what are you doing your best at this week? Well, I thought I was doing my best at those Taylor Swift tickets, but you really um, tried. I really tried. And I was trying, I'm trying to do my best at figuring out how to travel without going further into debt. Um, Trying for that. And now with your wreath thing that you just said, now I'm feeling like I want to decorate for Christmas. When do we do that? You saw our friend Katie Azelton already has her beautiful tree up in her beautiful house. That was too soon for me. I, I sent her a message saying she's my I hero. Too, I think it was too soon. I just feel, I just, I I'm think. I'm impressed that she's like, <laughs> I really am. Did you see the Amber Ruffin bit, Halloween is Christmas? She sang a song. No. <laughs> that really basically funny. like Halloween flows right into Christmas. And I was like, yes, I this is me. I agree with this. I just like, you know, you know me. I like everything that lights up. I like everything that glows. I'm like, it's for me. Halloween into Christmas. That's how it goes for me, you know? And I'll have like, I'll have my Christmas lights up straight through like Valentine's Day because I have the ones that change colors. Well, I St. Patrick's Day. By the way, can I tell you something though? What? Wouldn't it be nice if we just like all had festive lights on our house all the time? I think it would be, but then I'm like, would it be so special when they're when they are there then? I don't know. Mm. But I do like them up for mm. a good fucking long time though. Like October really like through March. Yeah, I feel like I gotta get on that first yeah. and foremost. And then we're gonna be we're going to uh, you know, whatever. The West Coast for a little jaunt, but then I'm yeah. right back. Yeah. So I can really work on it then. Yeah. Maybe you can just do like little <sighs> stages. Like we got, I got the wreath and I also got like, I have a collection of bottle brush trees. You know no. those. No. Look at what I'm looking at right now. <laughs> Online. I am looking at my, because can I tell you what happened? Let me just, I just want to give you guys a, a helpful hint and I don't know yeah. how the fuck you managed to have this happen but you know what did not do great in the move across country your bottle brush trees no not great casey not fucking great so i was just looking online to buy new bottle brush trees for my 
tableaus that I need to make. Your important tableaus. I have important tableaus that need to be made. (laughs) And I just found all of these. Where do you get yours? Well, I have a really, like a a pretty nice size collection. I have some from when my dad was a little kid in Japan. And um, I have some from like my grandparents, like travels in the military. And then I've bought like vintage ones on eBay. But then I just got uh, some like Target ones, some Target ones yesterday, because I'm like, I like how it represents. Yes. And I like having a collection that represents like this thing that people Mm -hmm. have liked over time and put in their homes over time. But like, you know, it's my favorite thing. I love fucking bottle brush trees. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. I love them. And I always do a a nice tableau with a little log cabin and some little animals. And I use salt for snow, which I know people get so pissed off about. But then, you know. That does seem weird. Why do you use salt? Uh, just because it's like biodegradable and you can just do other stuff with the salt, you know, like I don't cook with it after I used it for scenery, but I probably have a container of salt that I used last year. I just saw a really cute craft online when I was like, you literally said the thing about your wreath. And then I was like, I need to get more bottle brush. (laughs) Mine are gone. got Destroyed. How do you pack them? Can you just tell us? how you pack them up because to store because I mine really got annihilated oh yeah I think um I usually just wrap them in tissue but I suppose you could I did I I suppose you could like um probably protect them a little by like putting the small ones in like paper towel tubes with as long as you're not like crushing them or whatever or like little boxes like tea boxes or whatever mm-hmm. I'm big on like dividing everything because that's what that's how things always get wrecked is they just mash together especially yeah. like those are basically like you know bristle blocks um but yeah and I'm sure you had a bunch of little flocked ones and all the flocking broke mm-hmm. off and everything mm-hmm. and I had a I just had a bunch I have a bunch of I've just had like a big fake, not fake, like like decorative, <laughs> fake, um, decorative Christmas tree trees, a bunch of different kinds, like yeah, feather yeah. ones and, uh, you know, but like the feather ones are sad now. They like, oh, I think no. I may just need to recycle. Need to, a refresh. That's a hard, mm-hmm. that's hard yeah. because I feel like there's, there, you know, those are things that you've like had in your family and you know and even if you got them as an adult i think it's still hard because those are the things that's what i always think of cuz sometimes i'm like oh this old gross like we have like this bing crosby animatronic i mean bing crosby so problematic but we have this animatronic bing crosby figure that like sings christmas carols or whatever <laughs> and i'm always like this is so goofy like i got it in like the swag pile at work uh, one year, but like the kids were obsessed with it when they were little. And like, so for me to just like toss it out or whatever now, it's like, it's going to be the thing that is like their weird tradition when they're, you know, it, yes, exactly on their own. So, yeah. So, the, uh, the, I'm sorry that your, um, uh, that your feather trees and your bottle brush trees are, are crushed I mean, up. But Target has some cute. Target has some cute, colorful ones right now, and they're really inexpensive. They're like five dollars for a big one and five dollars for two small ones. Well, they. What I was going to say is this craft that I just saw 
takes like one of those big um like branch wreaths yeah you know from yeah. uh Michael's like Michael's or whatever yeah. yeah and then you put like all these little bottle brush trees inside the wreath so like cute. you know like you just like hot glue them in there or whatever yeah and it was it's so cute <laughs> all I'm saying is that I might I might make that I might do, do that it. craft do it I'll keep you posted do, but I we'll, like I had we'll put it on the sub stack I would love to yeah let's do our decorations on the sub stack that's a good okay. idea okay um but I'm just like yeah I like it's weird. It's all weird. Everything's weird. Everything feels weird. It's weird. I think, uh, well, I might have mentioned this, but like my friends, Ashley and Kristen, who is like one of my most active group chats, we were just talking about how we definitely need an infusion of festivity this year. So that's what like we were like, let's have a cookie swap. Let's go see yeah. the lights. I just think like everybody needs a little bit of like, some kind of spirit. sparkle, spirit, and glow, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I said the same thing to Michelle. I was just like, we got to, we got to like get into the festivities of yeah. life right now. And I oh, think maybe speaking of, I watched Lindsay Lohan's uh, Falling for Christmas movie. Oh my God, it was, is it good? It was really good. She was adorable in it. Wait, we should have her on the pod. I would love She's that. Really having a comeback. Lindsay, if we're you're grateful. listening. We're grateful for the comeback. We're, we're always grateful for you, but yeah. I know, but like, I'm happy. Like, I'm I'm happy that it seems it's all good. It's re- It's a really good, it's a solid holiday movie. No That's joke. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it in the bath and it was the perfect way to spend my Saturday morning last week. That sounds week. delightful. It was delightful. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, can I tell you what I'm doing related? What I'm doing my best at is that I really, you know, I'm coming to travel to you for like this job that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm really trying to get ahead on, you know, getting gifts for the people that I want to get gifts for, for my family and like Mm -hmm. handling all that. And I was so excited because I found this cool thing for you. That's It's not a huge deal. It's not a giant gift, but I was so excited because I'd never seen it before. And I thought, oh, it's so perfect for busy. And I got it. And I don't want to tell you what it is because um, I still want to re-get it for you. But uh, here's what I will say. I got it and it uh, was damaged in shipping and like literally exploded all over <laughs> a very fancy robe that I was wearing. And I was like, that's okay. This will oh, no. come out. It's not coming out of the robe. So I have to get you that Christmas gift again. And I think I have no other choice but to buy myself another fancy robe because why should I lose out? No, you shouldn't. No, on my definitely robe not. Just because I was trying to be thoughtful. <laughs> but oh, I was like, my God, I laundered this robe so many times. And it, I was like, it's, it's not the robe's fault. It's the no. item's fault. Uh, and, um, I always see that like when people often, when people are reviewing things that they've purchased that are like mail order things, Often the reviews are like, this arrived damaged and, you know, like, and I'm always like, it happens, you know, like, but I 
have been so lucky. I don't think I've ever received but like two things in my life that have been damaged. Um, so I'm always like, you know, it. the chances of something arriving damaged, it's not like a big fear in my life that something, something that I buy will arrive damaged. But this one was um, not only damaged, but explosive. And um, Well, now I have to know what it is. It was damaged and it was damaging. <laughs> It caused damage. It caused damage. A great deal of damage. It caused more damage than like the item itself is like, it's a fun gift. It's cute. It's perfectly fine. But I would say that it ruined a thing that I loved more than you will love the gift. (laughs) No. Oh no. Like my robe gave its life for something that I think will amuse you for five minutes. But oh, and yet, no. and yet, I'm gonna risk it again because I think okay. the five minutes will be worth it. Do you want to just send it to me so, like, at least if it gets it <laughs> no, because I don't want it to explode on what you. What if, it, ex- if but it, it explodes on me? Then it's like then it explodes on me. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't want that for you because what if you're wearing your favorite robe? I don't because then the gift is like a burden. Here's what I want to get it. Make sure that it's intact. I think it'll be like a good fun gift that you will like. I think the five minutes will be worth it. And then, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to put your robe in the line of fire or your sofa or your dog. If it got on Gina, you'd probably have to shave her. Oh my God. What is this? (laughs) It's something I never saw before, but you'll see. You'll soon see. Okay. This is the most depressing thing. It is 4 p.m. here. (laughs) And I just got my notification that the sun is setting in a half an hour. Oh my God. But aren't you glad you know, though? (sighs) Turn the lights on now. Prepare myself. There's nothing sadder than when you're just like sitting in your house and suddenly it's pitch black and you're like. It's happened to me a few times. Yeah. It's very sad because like it's 4 p.m. It's fucking 4 p.m. Oh, my God. It sucks. Um, also, by the way, heater guy, get cracking on these pipes because it's freezing in here all of a sudden. We literally like flanking like, those pipes, but nothing's happening. Wait, like there's no heat coming out of here. Wait, do I need to open it? What do I do? You open it, right? What do I do? <laughs> That's you New York City for you. It? Do you twist it? What am I doing here? Let's see. I don't. It's I also like, think that the controls on your radiator in New York City are a psychological experiment. Close and open. That's okay. It's just been a full fucking day of psychological experiments <laughs> for me. I'm just like not anything working out the way you that can I twist those to. knobs. What if I just can. hit it? Do I hit it like they do in beaches? <laughs> didn't she? Didn't isn't that what she did in beaches? She's like send the heat up. <laughs> Oh, you can bet. See if it works. You can see. Ugh. Oh, bet. Oh, bet. All right. Well, well, guys, we love you. It's been we another week. You. Wait, this one doesn't even turn. Oh, God. Oh, God. Wait, it's like, Next this week. like into the wall. <laughs> Next week, Busy great. will be here if she doesn't freeze to death in her apartment. Freeze to death. I'll go to the kids' house. <laughs> Although, to be honest with you, we can't figure out how the heat really works there either, our townhouse. It's, and it's like, it only is like seemingly working in my bedroom. Oh, interesting. And is, but it, the rest boil- of the house is, is it boiling hot in your bedroom? Yes. But the rest of the house like is fine. It doesn't feel cold. Cold. It's just, we just, we don't know what's happening. We'll figure it out. <sighs> Guys, stay warm. 
stay warm wherever you are or cool if that's what you want. Oh, also shout out to our friend Juan, who I met up with yesterday. Loyal oh, you listener. Did? That's nice. Yeah, he was in town for um for he's an entertainment reporter in Puerto Rico. And so we met up and he caught me up on how things are going in Puerto Rico. They're still working to come fully back from the hurricane. But mm-hmm. uh I was very happy for him that he was in a nice hotel room with a shower and um uninterrupted electricity so that he could do his job. And he brought me coffee from Puerto Rico because he's the nicest. And uh yeah, but anyway, shout out to Juan who's interviewed shout out. Bu- he's interviewed busy for various things. Uh and so true. Uh, yeah. But anyway. Um all right guys. Well we love you. We love you and we'll we'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Oh, no.